along to another edition of Scoreline Extra. Now, yesterday was a very sad day for Kilkenny supporters as we learned the news that Brian Cody would be stepping down as Kilkenny manager after 24 years in charge. We dedicated yesterday's programme fully to paying tributes to the man who led Kilkenny to 11 All-Ireland titles. Leading the tributes was former Kilkenny goalkeeper, All-Ireland winner and two-time All-Star Michael Walsh. As we just heard, we're going to start with it straight away. The breaking news coming out from Kilkenny is that manager Brian Cody has stepped down. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Michael Walsh, now a resident expert on all things Kilkenny hurling here. Casey Lauren, Michael, how are you? I'm good, Robbie. Yourself? All good now, Michael. All good. Listen, um, the news, it's incredible. He is gone. Um, what do you make of it? Yeah, I suppose, uh, first of all, I'd say Shane will be a bit jealous that he's at a wedding now, Robbie, and you're the man that got the big scoop. So i say there'll be there'll be a lot of jealousy there. You're the one to break the news, so they'll all be going mad in the, in the <laughs> that they weren't the ones. <laughs> but, uh, look, there has been talk all week, I suppose, and uh, like you get used to listening to talk and you don't believe it until it actually comes out true. And there was rumours of statements Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it's finally come out. And sure, even when you do hear it, you're a little bit stunned by the whole thing because it's been such a long, long time. Uh, 24 years incredible incredible uh, longevity uh, to be a manager of any team never mind a, a senior hurling team so it's going to take a bit of time for people to digest and uh, you know there won't be an easy road ahead because as I said like it's just been such a long time and you know it, I suppose we've all been ingrained with, with, with Brian Coley being the Kikini senior hurling manager Michael, it truly is um, an end of an era, really, when you consider what he's done for Kilkenny Hurling over the years. Um, it's just remarkable. What What do you make it all? I'm stunned here sitting beside you. We were up at Crow Park last Sunday. The, the performance that they put in was Cody-esque, despite the result maybe not being in line what we've seen over the years under the great man. Um, are, are you shocked by it? Did you think that now was the right time for him to step away? Has he brought this team as far as he can and maybe it is time to let someone else take it on? Yeah, I know it's, it's very hard to figure it all out. As, like yourself, you, like even though as I said, it was kind of half expected. You are stunned when it happens because we've heard it so many times before. And uh, and as I also rightly say, look, um, to go out on the back of performance like that Sunday is is unbelievable. Um, I I'm sure that they they probably would have liked to stay on, liked him to stay on because they, they maybe felt that they were getting very very close to to the the holy grail. But at the same time, I'm sure the man would have weighed up everything. And uh, look, as I said, always said it would would have to be on his terms for for what he's done. And uh, uh, you're very glad to see that, that when it does happen, that that's the way it did happen. Reflecting on it as as a hurling man yourself, Michael, I mean, yeah. twenty twenty four years in the job, eleven All Ireland titles, seventeen finals, I think eighteen Leinster championships. Will we ever see anything like it again? Not just in Kilkenny hurling, but in not even in hurling, but in sport in general, Michael. The longevity and the ability to adapt was like nobody else we've seen. Yeah, I think like in sport, everyone says records are there to be broken, and they are. But I don't think, as a matter of fact, I'd be very certain that 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 will never be broken. It's uh, it's a lifetime achievement, and it's an incredible achievement, and it certainly will never ever be beaten in, in any sport. I think because of the of the amount of honours that have been won, and you know, it's just just incredible stuff. Really, it's it's actually hard to imagine it. And now, I suppose, when you sit back and you look back and you you see the. the the records right up in front of your face like it's just it's just it's just incredible but as I said already 
to be even a senior manager for any, never mind 24 years, four years with the pressure it brings, the, the amount of, you know, ridiculous pressure it brings really and uh, just to, 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 to write all that and, and do what I did is just incredible. Uh, 0833069696 is our dinnersready.e contact line if anyone would like to get in touch with the show today pay tribute to um, probably the greatest hurling manager and the greatest one of the greatest sport managers of all time I'm here with Michael Walsh our resident expert on Casey Lahr. Uh Michael what does Kilkenny hurling look like post Brian Cody I suppose nobody knows the answer to that yeah. but um, no, it's going to be so different what will happen yeah no it'll be it'll be interesting to see um you know, as I said, look, it looks certainly uh, looks to be in a, in a good place, but you know, you just don't know. As I said last Sunday before, anyone, anyway, it's like you know, there's a lot of of you know people very proud and, and rightly so of the performance last week. But it just guarantees nothing from next year when you start back in January again. It's just wide, wide open, and you know, Galway are there, Clare are there. They all put it up to Limerick this year, and Cork and Watt for coming back. And and you know, it's it's, it's incredible to think like that. You get so close, but there's uh, never ever any guarantees about what, what might happen the following year. Now, there's only a whole new setup there. Um, I presume, I presume that the backroom team and everything will probably change now with a new man coming in. And that's going to take time to adjust. And you know, it's it's never ever that easy, no matter who's in charge. It's it's just uh, you start in January, as I said before. And while there is an awful lot of uh, you know, optimism this week, and rightly so. Uh, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, haven't been in that situation many years ago. There is no guarantees. You have to earn it, and you have to go back and work again. And there will be a, a bit of disruption in this. The good thing is, I suppose, it's it's plenty of time for whoever comes in to get, to get set up, get his backroom team set up, and get whatever it will be. Because with a new manager comes new players and new faces, and some of the people that were on the panel this year may not be on the next year, and vice versa. Just to read a statement that has come into us here on KCLR from the Kilkenny County Board, Michael. Uh, Brian Cody has informed Kilkenny County Board that he's stepping down as Kilkenny Senior Hurling Team Manager. Appointed in November 1998, Brian has led the Kilkenny team to an unprecedented provincial and national success and is regarded as the greatest manager in the history of hurling. As manager, his teams have won 11 All-Ireland Hurling Championships, included a record equal four in a row between 2006 and 2009, 18 Leinster Championships, 10 National Hurling League titles, 7 Walsh Cup titles and a rock this tournament title not too bad in achieving all of this success Brian has created an unbreakable spirit among his players and teams which has come to define Kilkenny Hurling on behalf of Kilkenny people everywhere Kilkenny County Board extends sincere gratitude to Brian for his lifetime of contribution to the county and the commitment and passion he brought as a player and as manager working tirelessly with a single aim to do what was best for Kilkenny Hurling the board would also like to acknowledge the bond Brian helped create between team management players county board clubs and supporters clubs as all worked seamlessly together in preparing our teams while organising and promoting our games we are aware of the huge debt we owe Brian for the wonderful successes and occasions we've enjoyed as we watch the team he created play and succeed wherever and whenever our games are discussed in the future Brian Cody's achievement will be the benchmark managers will be measured by we wish Brian all the best in the future Brian Gervmila Mottagud Gwimis Gok Rocht Os Shotamok that is from Conor Deniff um, as the statement says Michael uh, we owe him so much gratitude as Kilkenny people Looking back, just not to reflect too much on his career because it is breaking news, and we just want to kind of get that out there that um, Brian Cody has stepped down as Kilkenny senior hurling manager. But the O six O nine team in particular, I think that has made so many people, myself included, fall in love with hurling, particularly in Kilkenny. But just generally, the teams he created were the greatest we've ever seen, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you just mentioned that O six O nine. That was an unbelievable. 
run in our in our history and all led by him and and his is I think um, I don't think it would make Dempsey and Martin Fogarty and Todd there they they created uh, that brilliant brilliant team and as I said they gave us some of the greatest memories we're wherever likely to have it was just non stop league championship summer after summer and you know as as the statement said we'll all be inter- eternally grateful for that um, as a matter of fact. In the middle of that time, uh, or at the end of that time, I, I was the under twenty-one manager for four years. So obviously, not, well, I wouldn't say working closely, but I had to deal with Brian on quite a number of occasions. And uh, you know, obviously, from my point of view, like sometimes that that can be quite hard when you have people overlapping. But he was always very, very good to me on that score. Yeah, I think as someone as well that I um I met him as a lot of people who have been listening to KCL over recent weeks. I met him at the media night, and uh, he was a pure gentleman, I must say, and had loads of time for me. And I know Sinead was speaking to him at the homecoming as well, and he's always great with his time. Uh, Michael, one thing that's always struck my mind, and it says in the statement also from the Kilkenny County Board, he always seemed to have, and I don't know if this is the case any longer, uh, the best interest of Kilkenny hurling at heart. There was no ulterior motives, nothing else at play for him. It was all all about how he could get the best out of his players and in doing so obviously get the best for Hurling and Kilkenny in general um, that's just a testament to the man he is isn't it yeah that's absolutely true and there's no question about that and you know that, he, he always made that quite clear it was about, about Kilkenny Hurling and indeed his support of the club game was, was incredible as well in the fact that you know um, even in it's changed times now it's a split season but he was he was always very very much that you go back and in the times when it was championship club championship kind of in the middle of the the senior championship if you like in that it used to play in April and May <coughs> there was no hiding places for players they were they were absolutely made to play with their clubs not made to play because they wanted to play but there was certainly no slackening if, if a fellow wasn't playing for his club or wasn't play, playing well for for his club he was certainly uh, you know spoken to and you know that's, that's testament to the whole thing as well that there was no let up in that that you know I think he always recognised that that's where you came from and that's where you end up and, and that you never ever uh, give less than 100% for for the top. We just have a couple of texts in here on our dinnersready.ie contact line 083 306 9696 if you would like to pay tribute to Brian Cody or even speculate on who the next man in charge will be. Sad day for Kilkenny hurling but a day to celebrate the great Brian Cody. Grew up with Brian as Kilkenny manager. Thank you Brian for many years of joy witnessed with you as the manager. I think a statement echoed by a lot of people. Bring back Henry one says maybe we won't concentrate on that too much and another one says best wishes to Brian Cody. He done Kilkenny people proud a nice gentleman in our he is one in a million Kilkenny fan um, Michael obviously you've been embroiled in and immersed in Kilkenny hurling throughout your lifetime won the All-Ireland yeah. in 92 won it in 93 um, wh- how do we move forward with this now because so many people like myself I, I wasn't born um, I was born into a Brian Cody regime I've grown up knowing nothing but success how did the county board go about replacing him how did they go about paying tribute to him what do you think the next steps are now that Brian Cody has stepped down do we have to give it a little bit of time and pay tribute to what he's done for us as a county or do we go straight in and try and get someone in charge before the club championship starts or during that yeah I think I think a bit of both uh, basically you're going to have over the next number of days and we use tributes and deserve tributes and that and that has to be done I think though the process will behind the scenes start pretty quickly as well because you know the uh, counties have already acted on you see Tipperary is sorted out now and Walker's in the process of sorting out and ideally it will be nice to have someone in place it probably will be too early for the start but definitely by uh, the third or fourth round maybe of the club championships that somebody's probably by that stage in place to get everything 
sorted out and I, I think privately behind the scenes that will happen it used to be a case where the clubs had to nominate now whether that's still the case or not I don't know or whether whether there'll be a, 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 an open interview or whether the, the county board will appoint a management committee to, to appoint the next manager all those things have to be sought out but I think at the moment it's just a time for reflection and you know as I said a time of, of absolute tribute and to see, and, and to uh, to thank the man for, for the achievements that, that the county has had We're not sure why he feels now is the right time to step down Michael um, 24 years in the job like we say do you feel like maybe the fact that there hasn't been an All-Ireland for seven years obviously it would be an eight year wait now if we were to win it next year um, do you feel like that maybe has played into it that he feels as though as I said a little earlier he's brought the team as far as he can he doesn't want to stay going maybe without winning the big one his whole his whole success with Kilkenny has been about lifting Lee McCarthy Cups more than anyone else or any other county in his time um, do you feel as though maybe he, he thinks now is the right time to move on because of that or do you just feel as though he's been there in situ for so long and that he just you know he just feels like now is the time to take a break yeah, obviously I don't know, and you're preempting, I suppose. But I don't believe for one minute that uh, it's to do with that they haven't won all Ireland or that. I, I think he probably thinks they're getting much, very much closer to that. But I just feel that maybe, maybe he had it in his mind over the last uh, uh, couple of years that maybe this is it, and he maybe stayed on for for another year, another year. And I just felt maybe he had his mind made up. But you know, last Sunday, uh, and it wasn't uh, we were up in Crow Park, obviously we were sitting beside one another. But uh, obviously you watched the match back and. Uh, I just thought, found that at the end of the match, he, he like obviously like as always, he like when he takes defeat badly and you're devastated. But there seems to be a certain kind of uh, you know, obviously it 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 was a disappointment. But he certainly uh, you know he he said how much how proud he was of everybody and he said he said not I wouldn't call it upbeat, but certainly a satisfaction in him that you know that couldn't do any more and that they had given everything they had. So I think. That, that was unusual to see, and he, he, shook, he shook hands with everybody on the pitch as regards his um, management team and stuff like that. Again, a bit of an unusual thing, maybe. But so look at it. I, I have a feeling that maybe he had his mind made up from from before last Sunday that maybe this was it, like, and uh, that that it was time maybe to, to to take a back seat and let somebody else uh, take it on and whatever it was. Anyway, look at uh, it's just decided now and. Uh, it, it, it's over and it will take a bit of time to get used to it's like any of those uh, you know Alex Ferguson's uh, Sean Bylands this world that have been they have been you know in charge of teams for a long time so it will take a bit of getting used to and it's not just a matter of of um, you know flicking the switch and it all it all is rosy because you know he's been there for so long and it will be, it, for whoever comes in it'll be it'll be new for everybody and you know hopefully as I said the right person will be appointed and that the thing will move on and I suppose the reason I'm, I'm stunned, Michael, is because obviously Brian Cody's gone. The whole landscape of hurling has changed across the country, not just uh, in Kilkenny, but also because, as you mentioned, we were both at Crow Park on Sunday. That was the closest Kilkenny have got to winning an All Ireland since 2015. It felt like, and I think we both used the term, they were they were coming. This Kilkenny team over the last couple of years were finally reaching their peak, and that they weren't too far off, you know, lifting the Liam McCarthy. Are you surprised at all that that he's left on the back of? running Limerick as close as they have throughout their three consecutive titles and I think the general feeling across Kilkenny is that we're not too far away so is there a bit of surprise there I, that's why I think myself anyway I'm, I'm a bit surprised because I feel as though Brian Cody was leading this team towards an all-earned title and it seems like he stepped down maybe one year too soon 
Yeah, maybe. Uh, and after the time, I'll only tell that. But I, I, I tend to feel that maybe uh, you know he's he has them in a place now where he feels they're ready, and he might think that it's someone is a time to move on. Or as I said to you earlier, he probably maybe had his mind made up at the start of this year. That look at I'm going to give it one more year. I don't really mind. Well, obviously he wants to win it, but whatever happens, uh, I uh, we move on after the end of this year. And it, it kind of sounds like a bit like that to me that maybe he had his mind made up from a while back. And uh, I suppose with what happened last Sunday, he might have been tempted maybe, but maybe he just stuck to his guns. So nobody knows only the man himself. And uh, obviously, as I said, it was his prerogative for what he's done and achieved. Uh, to name to name his time when he wanted to go and he's he's done that and has to be respected for that and just before I let you go Michael law people now whether we like it or not are, and I know we, we yeah. both feel that time is to reflect on a truly remarkable career of Brian Cody but are the names that maybe pop into your head or how do you feel you know who do you think will maybe yeah. be be the next oh, manager look, that's, that's just a natural thing Robbie there's nothing wrong with that and that's what's going to happen you can do that you can pay tribute and then you can speculate and there's going to be a lot of speculation the obvious people are Derry Kling and Henry Shefflin um, and I suppose two others that are, are three others Eddie Brennan Michael Fenley and maybe David Hershey they've all gone into inter-county management and they've all been diff- different times successful um, you know Henry is with Galway he's committed for three years very hard to see that he would after one year in which he seemed to be creating a real bond there coming back which you just don't know and of course Derek I suppose Derek probably would be the slight favourite because they won the under 20 and you know his backroom team was involved you know uh, the likes of Peter Barry Michael Rice Peter Donovan and them so maybe he might have the, the upper hand as regards a bit a safe there but you just don't know what's going to happen um, and as I said look, it'll, it'll all fall into place in the next few weeks Well Michael we'll certainly look forward to seeing how it happens and once again just to pay tribute to Brian Cody a truly truly um, unparalleled career as Kilkenny manager thanks ever so much for talking to us and I'm sure we'll be talking to you very soon no problem, Robbie. Michael Walsh there, ladies and gentlemen, our resident expert on all things Kilkenny Hurling and Hurling across the board. Now, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Brian Cody's fellow clubman from James Stevens and a Kilkenny legend, Owen Larkin. Owen, how, Owen, how are you getting on? Listen, Brian Cody stepped down, you're his fellow clubman, worked under him for so long, so much success with him. What's your immediate reaction to the news? After look, I suppose disappointment is the first thing. Uh, but look, um, Brian would have always said uh, to us as players that you know careers come and go, and your job in there is to leave the jersey in a better place than you found it. And uh, I'm sure the same applies to the manager's role. And uh, I can definitely say with 100% certainty that um, he's left the manager's job in a in a better place than he found it 24 years ago. And uh, look, I just say. A huge thanks to him for what he done for me uh, over my career and my personal life and all that. And you know, I know so many players uh, around the county would have the same feeling uh, that he has helped them through various things. And uh, you know, what can you say? What a man! So many texts coming in echoing that sentiment. People that didn't know him uh, really do share those thoughts. Owen, all the best to Brian Cody on his retirement as Kilkenny manager. Thanks for all the wonderful times and memories we've had with him over the years following the fantastic teams he was involved with. That's from JC Murray. We are so lucky to be from Kilkenny and have lived through the last 24 years with Brian as manager. What a time we've had. Some counties didn't even have what we had for one year. Very, very true. What a wonderful man. Thank you, Brian, for many years of hurling. You will be missed. Angela in Kilmacow. Best of luck 
look to Brian great manager thanks for all you have done for Kilkenny Hurling now we need a great Hurling County they need to be changes to there needs to be changes to developing squads and the way we play our game at underage and adult level Owen you, you mentioned there what he done for you as a player but the personal touch is something that we wouldn't be accustomed to obviously because we don't know him you were inside um, that camp that grey camp um, that Brian Cody overruled overlooked um, how much of a help was he in your personal life? Ah, sure look he was uh, I think it's no secret um, when I was going through the dark times that uh, um, you know he picked up the phone and was the one the, probably the catalyst for uh, for sending me to get help and, and things like that just you know he just sees things in players that maybe they're not themselves and uh he pull them aside and have a quick chat and you know but doesn't make a big deal about it you know doesn't want thanks or doesn't want anybody else to know about it he just wants to do it privately and uh, help people and like I said he doesn't he doesn't need thanks or want thanks you know he's happy to help anybody out that he can and, and that's just the way he is and you know I would have seen various players over uh, over the years uh, you know might be struggling to get a job or whatever and you know Brian might pick up the phone and give a lad a call and the next thing the, the, the player has a job or whatever like that you know that, that's just the way he is and that's the man, management uh, side of things um, that he has and um, you know I, I think he, he often spoke about the, trying to create a spirit in the Kilkenny camp that couldn't be broken and you know that's that's how he went about it by man management and obviously this, this, you know you had to have skill and various other elements to be a Kilkenny hurler but you know when you went into a Brian Cody camp you had to be able to do everything for the team and, and the team was at the top of the list and uh, that's where he started and, and, and like I said everything just rolled from there and Owen we, there's always been the legendary talk and I know you mentioned it on our Clash Act podcast when you spoke um, with Eddie Scally about the training sessions and the intensity of them some of them you know, the legend and the myths are that they were better than any game you'd see in championship um, was that driven by Brian Cody how much how integral was he to really raising standards in Kilkenny Hurling and will that legacy live on do you think for far beyond his his time in charge yeah, well, it, it was driven by him, but <clears throat> ultimately, you know, he he handed it over to the players, and you know, once we crossed the white line, we had to we had to raise our standards, and we had to try and create something in Northern Park that we wouldn't face in in Crow Park on a Sunday. Uh, and he always believed if we could do that, no one would live with us. And you know, I think the proof is in the pudding. I'd say from around maybe 2006 till I suppose 2012 or or maybe 2014. Uh, that he he kept driving us, uh, he kept uh, trying to keep us motivated and kept us grounded most of all. I think, and you know, if standards were starting to drop, we were quickly uh, pulled in for a quick meeting and told that our standards would have to to rise. And but he always wanted us to keep trying to raise our standards, no matter what standard we were at. You know, if we were at the top of the pile uh, on any given year, the, the following year we went in. You know, he he would try to improve those standards again, and um, and wouldn't accept anything less. And uh, and if you weren't prepared to to try and improve the standards, you know, you were quickly um, caught from the panel, and someone else was buying who who would uh, try to improve the standards. And you know, that's that's the job he felt he had he had to do. You know, and he took great pride and great passion from the job that he felt he was privileged to have. Uh, and look. What can you say about a 24-year career with 11 all earns Just a little bit under 50% in, in all earned terms. Um, look, I don't think we'll ever see the likes again. But look, um, 
as he always said, time and careers move on, and but Kilkenny hurdle will always be there. And it certainly will be in a better place um, post Brian Cody, uh, Brian Cody's um, time in charge of Kilkenny. Just before I let you go on, obviously you share a club with him too, James Stevens. Could you give us a bit of an insight into what he does with the club as well? Because I know he was involved over the years uh, with the underage side of things too, because he's just purely in love with the game and always wants what's best for the club and the county. Yeah, look, he's involved in various things in the club. Even throughout the 24 years he was at Kilkenny, um, you know, with... I suppose kids and the under sixes and under sevens, he'd always be out there kind of, you know, to give it a little bit of a talk. But you'd always see him at, you know, under 15, under 17 games, you know, under under 19 games, obviously junior and senior. And even, you know, when when Kenny were finished, uh, he'd always be up at the train and things like that. And I know his wife, Elsie, was, was involved in it with the fundraising for, for the Kells Road as well. So... You know, and Brian used to be always at the management meetings as well. So he's, you know, head and shoulders into everything in the club. Um, I, 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 as far as I'm aware, he's he's back up in Patrick Stella Sal now as well, um, doing a doing a coaching session with with uh, the teams up there on a weekly basis. So, you know, and that's that's our our feeder uh, our feeder for the club uh, team as well. So, you know, just head and shoulders into into the club. Love the club. Loves hurling. Uh, and you know it's not only only the village that he'd be there he'd be he'd be at most matches around the, around the county if he could get there at all so um, he's just a hurling man loves hurling and you know I don't think that's going to change now that he's not any manager he just wants to go and see hurling matches and uh, hopefully he I'm saying hopefully he might get involved a little bit more in the club but I don't know could he be more involved in the club really to be honest um, you know he's been a selector at senior level uh, at various times, and obviously manager before he before he was Kenny manager. So look, it'll be good to see him a, a little bit more around the club if that's possible, uh, and I suppose celebrate the time that he that time that he um, pointed to Kenny and how he made it so so successful. We'll certainly be celebrating his time as Kilkenny manager across today and tomorrow on Scoreline Own. And thanks ever so much for taking our call. And uh, as we echo your sentiment there, that we wish Brian Cody the very best of luck in his retirement. Thanks, Owen. Owen Larkin there, Kilkenny legend and fellow clubman of Brian Cody. A time All Ireland winner with Kilkenny, Eddie Brennan. Eddie, how are you this evening? Good evening, Rob. How's the farm? All good now. All good, Eddie. Listen, you were one of the greatest players under um, Brian Cody. He has decided to leave. What was your reaction to it yesterday when you heard the news? Sure, it was... Um, I suppose, look, the, the rumour mill had really cranked up this week more than any other year. And the talk was that, look, the, 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 the notice had been sent to the county board during the week and all that. So um, I still think, look, uh, it was probably still going to be very hard to to believe that Brian has moved, you know, has hung up the hat, if you want, and moved on, given the service and given, I suppose there was speculation different years, you know, even back around 14 and 15 and that. And, you know, the more you think about it, you just go, I just, I suppose I've looked at it from the point of view of 24 years or thereabouts as inter-county manager. I just think, you know, of all the things, the man's appetite is just phenomenal to come back year after year. And, um, you know, I think maybe a measure of, you know, I suppose it's appreciation is all we should be and, and gratitude really for Brian Cody right now because if you look at 
all the managers that have gone toe to toe with him over the last 24 years and tell me what county wouldn't have given the right arm for half of what Brian Cody has done, you know, in Kilkenny, in other counties, you know, it's just, it's mad really when you think of it that way. It's just utterly, utterly phenomenal. And like I said there, the the, the only words that I can think of at the moment is uh, just gratitude and uh, we'll say what, what, what Brian has done. And I think reflecting on it and enjoying it really is the overriding sensations at the moment really. Yeah, I think that's a good point that everyone maybe, we, we always talk about winning particularly in a county like Kilkenny, but there was so much enjoyment for everyone. I'm sure it was enjoyable for you to be involved in something truly unique and special that we haven't really seen before or since in terms of the dominance that you had around the 2000s. Um, but just what, one question that I have for you, Eddie, because there's a lot of talk about kind of those training sessions back in the time and how intense they were and that, but what was the key to Brian Cody driving that team on? Was it about maintaining and setting standards of excellence that the players could match and then really you had the great combination of skillful players like yourselves who had an incredible drive and will to win along with a manager that just was ahead of the game really? Yeah, uh, look, Brian, I can hear him saying it, like he, he never ever once questioned our ability to hurl and I heard him say it so many times that he had the absolute faith in our ability to hurl and that Kilkenny to produce hurlers. And he said ultimately what was going to define us was was that spirit, like and and our you know pushing ourselves and, and not settling for being ordinary. And um, you know I think that was the biggest thing for me is that he just drove you on. He, he you know he he wasn't he he probably lit a fire in in, in a lot of us to just not accept you know, what you had just achieved and to come back, you know, harder and stronger and more hungry the following year and, you know, year after year and, you know, terms like, you know, it's a waste of a year if we don't win something and win the All-Ireland and these were little things and I think that was, for me, the biggest thing because he didn't try to tell us how to hurl, you know, he just wanted us to be committed to what it was and be the best we could be and, and I think a lot of that stuff maybe, you know, their life skills too, like, and, um, he just, I, th- I think my own view is to some degree, and I mean this with the height of, you know, respect, is that I think Brian Cody's hurling career, uh, I stand to be corrected, was possibly cut short a little bit by injury, you know, and I think he may have felt, you know, that there was more in him and just, you know, maybe his body didn't let him go. And I think maybe that was a driving force in him, but he always done what he felt, you know, was in the best interest of Kilkenny Hurling and that was all he wanted. And I think back on, you know, people think of this kind of steely drive and determination that was in him and that was there. That was to the forefront a lot of the time. But he got such a kick out of seeing us winning. You know, you saw the celebrations different times with him, how much he enjoyed it. I think he loved the homecomings. I think he loved going to the schools. He loved going in seeing, you know, the retired nuns in next door to the De La Salle those little bits and pieces and, and I think ultimately I suppose if you look at the effect he had on, on people around Kilkenny they you know they, they got such enjoyment out of that and I think that's what maybe got, he got the enjoyment out of was just seeing a group of fellas achieve so much Hi Eddie Sinead here how are you getting on? 
well she needed help to form not too bad Eddie just something I wanted to ask you like obviously there's so much tributes uh, pouring in for uh, for Brian Cody and you know some of your former teammates there as well I just saw uh, you know Owen Larkin saying today you couldn't help but give everything for him and that kind of seems to be the, the sentiment that's that's shared amongst all your former teammates like I'm just wondering what was it about Brian Cody that lads were so willing to just go out there and like go through a brick wall for him I think it was that you probably knew that you know if you didn't do it there was someone else ready to do it and I think you just wanted to be part of it I think you knew that Kilkenny were going to achieve something you know maybe not every year but every second year every third year we were always going to be in the mix and you felt you know that God I'd hate to not be involved I'd hate not to be part of that and you know I recall going out to you know a team photo one day myself and Derek Ling were in the car together heading out to it and you know we would have felt maybe 05 was was a watermark you know watershed moment in that you know I can still see the headline on the Kilkenny people that week after Galway beat us was thanks for the memories boys and like he said Jesus next thing we're on to 08 and 09 he said hard to believe we're after stacking up four in that time so it's just absolutely you know mad stuff and I think that was what maybe ignited the fire in us around that time was saying, God, if we could just get one or two more, it'd be unreal. And and it just, I think he just drew it out. Yeah, he just pushed you to be, to, to be better than you were, to come back, you know, looking for more and all that type of stuff. And I think, look, uh, it's it's something that, you know, you can talk about the method of how he done it and, and you know, how, how he was just so driven and so, you know, focused on something. And really, it was never about individuals. It was always about the collective. And I think, you know, I would like to think that all his decisions were solely based on what was the best interest of the group. And I think that's all he asked us to be, was to be the best you could be as part of that team. And listen, Eddie, before I let you go, and very grateful for the time you've given us today. We don't want to hold you too much longer. But obviously, you were involved in an intercounty setup with yourself, at least. The demands on intercounty managers these days go far and beyond what they were when Brian Cody started 24 years ago. Would it take something like a role with Kilkenny for you to go back into that? <laughs> Do you really want me to answer that, Rob? I put you on the spot, Eddie, but uh, you, you can give any answer you want. put me on the spot. Um, and I'm not going to answer that but look Brian Cody it's it's all about him and yes there is absolutely savage demands on an inter-county manager there's no doubt it's a full-time job Do you think that's and, why sorry to interrupt Eddie but do you think that's why he maybe has stepped back because the demands I mean you, you know better than most with Leash for any county it's, it's truly remarkable now when you hear the stories I should look it's, it's, it's you eat it sleep it drink it it's, that's the reality that's what it has to be you wake up in the morning, you know, on a, on a Monday morning, you wake up first thing and you're just planning, you're looking at what's ahead, you know, you're you're thinking what's coming down the line, you're organising. I make no qualms about saying it is a full-time job. Um, you know, you you're, all your energies are focused towards that. Uh, you know, other aspects of your life definitely go on the back burner. No more than players do that as well, but a player just looks after number one and gets himself right. A manager has to look after 36, 38 players. He has to look after a backroom team. He has to look after everything else that goes along with it. You know, meetings, interactions with county board, all that type of stuff. There's a huge volume of work involved in it. And, you know, there's no 
there's no um, half doing that. You're you're either all in or you're all out. It's very very simple. There is no middle ground with intercounty management as much as for a player that wants to commit either. Yeah, that certainly is um, something that rings home very true when you hear about uh, the amount of work that has to go in behind the scenes to really get a team prepared for match day. Eddie, look, listen, thanks very much for taking the call. Apologies about putting you on the spot, but we're getting so many texts in about it. Obviously, you're revered right around the county. And um, listen, thanks very much for taking the call and uh, hopefully enjoy the football. No matter, good luck, lads. Have a good Brilliant day. Brilliant sound. That was Kilkenny legend Eddie Brennan catching up with us on Sunday Scoreline. Um, I'm delighted to say that I am joined on the line by two of his best ever hurlers, Brian Hogan and Aidan Taggy-Fogarty. Lads, how are you getting on? Not too bad, thanks. Um, Brian, I suppose, what's your immediate reaction to it to come to you first? Because it is being a shock for everyone in the county. Um, yeah, uh, I suppose it's a shock. Uh, I know there was, a few, you know, there was some talk around uh, post the Ireland that uh, it might be Brian's last year, but I think a lot of it was just ideal gossip. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's it's the end of an era um, for for most of us. We, we've known nothing else but Brian in charge of the Kenny team, and uh, it's a kind of a step into the unknown now almost. Um, so yeah, yeah, I suppose just as, as everyone is, I suppose the Kenny just processing the the news. Yeah, and, and Taggy to to come to you. Obviously, you had so many highs with, in a Kilkenny jersey, all of them with Brian Cody in charge. What's your immediate reaction to the news? Because everyone seems to be shocked. Yeah, Asher, like, it's amazing. I think every year, um, everyone's saying, will Brian Cody stay? Will, will he go? Will he stay? And next thing, when it actually happens, um, it, it is a bit of a shock. And when I heard it, I only heard it two hours ago, and I was shocked. Uh, even though it's probably coming nearly every year, you know, it's a, it's a strange thing to think about. But, yeah, just shocked. And I suppose the initial thought is, um, Kilkenny going forward, like, will they have that ruthlessness? You know, because Brian Cody, he, he built a culture in Kilkenny hurling and he built a spirit. And that is a hard thing to do, to build a culture in any team, but even within the county. And he built a culture of kind of humbleness and, you know, lose graciously, win graciously, um, you know, being humble on the field and humble off the field. And, he went through a lot of players and you know there was nothing spectacular with Brian he's a very simple man and he talks in very simple terms and it's a, it, it is a shock um, it, it was always going to come but as he would have said to us down the years you know uh, you come as a player and you'll go as a player and Kilkenny drives on and obviously for management as well and he probably sat down and said look my time is up and Kilkenny will drive on to the next the next era and uh, be it. but Brian is definitely Kenny I feel in a good spot you know got into an Ireland final out of the blue really and um, you know we were in bonus territory Brian where do you feel he's left Kilkenny because obviously success for Brian Cody and I'm sure for for guys like he that were just uh, you know the All-Ireland medals are falling out of your back pockets nearly that that was the ultimate success and the only thing that was considered success was climbing the steps of the Hogan stand to lift the Lee McCarthy Cup the last seven years haven't turned out that way do you feel that there'll be a tinge of disappointment for him that he hasn't got the team over the line over the last seven years or do you feel as though he feels like now is the right time to go that he's left them as best in as best possible shape as it can and uh, it was time to move on Um. Jeez, there's a lot in that I suppose uh, where he's left Kilkenny at I mean he, you'd have to say he's raised the bar from when he took over Kilkenny you know um, during his reign I suppose the period of dominance that we've experienced has been unparalleled um, you know so he's definitely raised the bar in terms of the expectations within Kilkenny 
Um, not really, you know, there was a there was a period there where people were expecting to win an Ireland every year. Um, you know, and look, he's gone. There's a lot of players, as Taggy's mentioned, has gone through uh, through his hands, if you like, over the last twenty odd years, and a number of them have gone into management themselves. And you can be sure they will have taken learnings from Brian, um, you know, in terms of his style, and and of course put their own style to it. So you know, his influence is going to continue, even though he stepped away from Taggy. His influence is going to continue because there's a lot of guys who you know. Um, as I mentioned, have gone into that kind of coaching and, and management role, and will have taken someone out with them. Um, in terms of will, will he be disappointed in the last seven years? I mean, look, he's a, he's a he's a he's an ultra competitive person that's reflected in the teams he would have he would have been in charge of. Um, I've no doubt he would have wanted to win every year he goes out. You know, it's it's he's going out with the intention of winning Ireland. You know, there's no two ways about it. Um, saying that, you know, he's he's. I suppose, as Taggy has mentioned, he's brought through a team there this year. Being the year, many many wouldn't have fancied them to be in the reckoning, you know, on the, uh, on the final day. Um, and you can see the progression and development of that team over the course of the year. And there's a, you know, there's there's eight of those players who've experienced an Ireland final for the first time. So, from that point of view, um, you know, he's left them in in good stead. You know, there's 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 experience there now. You know, of playing on the biggest day and. I suppose it's up to whoever then has to come in and fill those shoes now to, to I suppose to, to drive things on and, and put their own stamp on it but you know I suppose it's important to acknowledge as well the fact that, that Brian you know has stepped you know the timing of it you know he stepped away early he's given the county board now plenty of time to put processes in place to, to have a look you know um, at who they want and, and, and start those discussions early you know um, I'm sure he's probably you know had it in the back of his mind you know this season, you know, the fact that he's turned around so quickly post All Ireland, it's not something that he would have made rash, you know, a rash decision on. So the fact now that, you know, we're in, you know, not even we're not even in August yet, and the county board now has an opportunity to to get the ball rolling, you know, it's, it's something that you know should be acknowledged as well. That's a really interesting point that you make, Brian and Taggy. I'd just like to pick up on it. Two questions, I suppose, come from that. Does that really show that the fact that he's departed in such brisk fashion show that he always did truly have the best interests of Kilkenny hurling at heart and it was never about himself. It was just about getting doing what's best for Kilkenny. And also, how important is that from a county board point of view that they can get a manager in place quite quickly ahead of the club championship? Yeah, look, it is important. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think Brian always talked about it. Kilkenny is Kilkenny and no one individual is bigger than a jersey no one individual is ever bigger than the actual team or, or the county itself and I think that he, he probably would have reflected that in management as well that it, it's about Kilkenny Harlan and even the decisions he would have made over the years you know even talk about my own perspective you know I, I was I was kind of turned into an Ireland final there all of a sudden in 2006 maybe and then you know I, I was left off in, in 2012 you know so these are massive calls and I, I'm only talking from my own personal point of view but these are big calls that he would have made and it wasn't about the individual or he was friends with anyone Brian wasn't there to make friends it was about Kenny and it was about Kenny Hurling and it was about getting to the best position and getting over the line and, and winning on Ireland and leaving, and leaving Kenny in a good position in terms of um, leaving early or leaving just a week after Ireland I, I think that would have been one of his thought process that he would leave and Brian mentioned already uh, you know club games are this weekend and it's very important for management uh, to get together you know county board obviously to, to, to uh, find a manager and he's put his backroom team in place and the way the structures now are with uh, the inter-county scene everything is so quick you know even when the, the season was September we were back in probably November December you know doing a small bit so now they're probably back in the teams that were gone earlier back in October November you know doing a lot preparing for championship you know for, for May 
So everything is, is pulled back along the scenes, and it's important for a manager to get his group together and it's so hard to implement different strategies in a team if you're trying to implement something that takes a long time the simplest, the simplest of strategies in a team could take two or three months to, to, to implement and he has to put his kind of stature on and get his team together and it's so important to go around the club seeing, and seeing every player and giving everyone a chance and that's what's going to have to be done in the next couple of months and Taggy you alluded to it there the fact that you know you had so many highs under Brian Cody but there were low points too like you say dropped in 2012 I believe Brian in the replay in t- for the 2014 all final you, you were named on the bench also after starting the final could you give us a bit of an insight into how he, he dealt with stuff like that was it just a just a conversation that he had with you because he are two stellar names in Kilkenny Hurling and maybe to drop you would have been from the outside looking in a tough, a tough decision so Brian first of all how did he go about doing that? Yeah, that yeah, reminds me that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, lads, I just said I'd bring it up. That's for Brian, I'll leave that to him. <laughs> um, well, from my perspective, it was, um, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't a huge conversation. Um, it was, team was named and that's it, you know, and the show goes on. But you might get a bit of an inkling maybe in the, the week and lead up to it, maybe with the way the A and B teams are lining out or whatever, but there was never, you know, there was never going to be, um, I kind of an arm around and, and consoling you about the fact that you weren't starting or you were starting, you know, whether you were you were picked to start or you were picked you were, you were picked to be on the bench, you're, you, that was it, you know, you, you get on with it. Um, so in 2014, it was, uh, yeah, it's just Friday night, team was named and away you go. Yeah, it was, it was, it's interesting to hear that because, like I said, I mean, you would have soldiered under Brian Cody for so long and um, I think almost it's a testament to him that he treats everyone with a similar level of kind of um, respect. But moving on, Taggy, obviously we're all going to be speculating about who's going to get the job. It possibly be, will be one of the players that you would have played with throughout that um, unparalleled era of success. Uh, how do you think Kilkenny Hurland will go now moving forward maybe and who do you think would be best fit for that job if you feel that now is the right time to, to begin that uh, speculation? Yeah, look, uh, uh, I think, look, obviously, it's the next uh, question on everyone's tongues is who's going to be next in line. I think uh, for today, possibly just take in what Brian Cody has done. Phenomenal achievements, you know, 11 All-Irelands, 18 leagues, you know, whatever else down the line. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And to kind of keep that same culture in, in Kilkenny hurling along the years and keep them at the top level, like in fairness, we've been competing in Leinster finals, in All-Ireland semi-finals, in All-Ireland really for nearly 24 years if you want to call it and it's a it's a phenomenal feat but in terms of who's in next look it's hard to know Kilkenny won't go outside um, the Kilkenny County they look from someone inside there's plenty of guys uh, with experience there uh, underneath their belts obviously few names that comes to, comes to mind you know my own club man Derek Ling after Junior 20's um, win in the Dar Ireland this year you know any kind of one and even in a kind of Brian Cody-esque way um, that's not taking anything from Derek but you know he grafted got over Galway got over a good Wexford side uh, and grafted out the Ireland final as well so it was all down to hard work and determination you have obviously Eddie Brennan with a trained leash uh, as well uh, Henry of course you know he's gone to Galway I couldn't really see him leaving after a year it's totally hard to call but then again you see Colin Bonner gone after a you know, Tipperary so look, it's hard to call um, I don't think today is the day for really naming names but the county board obviously will have to be on the lookout but in terms of Kenny hurling going forward Kenny will always be Kenny and I believe there's always good hurlers coming through it's just in our nature it's in our DNA it's in our culture from underage up and uh, we'll, Kenny will be always competing I think 
And Brian, finally, before I let you go, lads, and thanks very much for giving us the time today to speak with us. Um, do, do you worry at all that there'll be a bit of a hangover, not just you know for everyone in the county, really? The fact that he's been the constant figure for almost quarter of a century, and now he's gone. Do you worry at all that the team might suffer because he was you know the, the one figure that's been there constantly? Um, well, look, that's up to the new management to come in, put their own stamp on things. I mean, and it's up to the county board to make the right decision. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of uh, responsibility on on them now. It's something they've hadn't they haven't had to deal with or look at for 24 years. You know, uh, now they need to go out and and I hopefully they have those processes in place to to begin that kind of recruitment. Um, you know, look, someone's stepping away after that kind of tenure. It's going to be a change. It's going to be surreal. I think next year walking out for the first round of the National League and not having the lad of the peak cap standing on the sideline. Um, you know, it, it will be strange, but I think it, it, it just makes it all more important to ensure that that process is, is, is in place and is effective and that the right candidate is selected and um, that transition is as smooth as possible, you know. Yeah, well, listen, lads, thanks very, very much. Um, we're very grateful for you giving us uh, the time today. And um, listen, we'll see how, how the future holds out for Kilkenny Hurland. But the past was glittering and you were two key figures in that. So thanks very much for speaking to us today. No worries. Thank you. Thanks very much. That was Brian Hogan and Aidan Taggy Fogarty. Lots of people coming in with different sort of thoughts. One man that will certainly have a thoughts on it is one of the greatest hurlers of all time, Eddie Kerr. I'm delighted to be joined by him on the line. Eddie, how are you, sir? Good. Uh, well, I can't say good, but I'm very <laughs> devastated, yes. I suppose, at the, at the news. Like, we we were getting rumblings early on in the weekend. We were hoping it had gone away, but unfortunately, it's been announced now. And, and I, particularly in my family, are, are des- devastated that uh, you know it's an end of an era for us you know and but I, I don't think you could say enough about him I know all his records and everything have been stated and complimented on and whatever um, but uh, his uh, the, the one thing that I always felt for Brian um, was the word he used all the time was honesty and I have to say that in all the time that uh, since uh, 1999 that Brian has been in charge of the team his players have played with honesty there's none of this diving and trying to get players carded or put off or whatever which unfortunately has crept into other teams but Brian has his team always had his team played with honesty and if you look back I know several comments have been made we've had um, I suppose you could say four teams uh, during his period all great wonderful teams uh, the players as it's often been said too that he had great players he had very good players but I always contend that Brian made him great and if you look back on the um, games we played the All-Ards we won the Leinster Finals we won the Semi-Finals we won an awful lot of them were down to the wire and we'd have to ask ourselves only for Brian's fighting spirit we I don't think we, we'd have won those games so so we have a lot a lot to be grateful for for what Brian has done for hurling in general but for Kilkenny in particular 
Eddie, you would have had a lot of dealings with him over the years. We know the success he's had as as a manager is unparalleled, like no other manager in most sports across the world throughout history, let alone in hurling. Um, but what is he like as a man? Because we've heard kind of talks about people that have, that have met him. We've spoken with Adrian Ronnie Ronan, Owen Larkin, Michael Walsh, and they all ha- seem to have so much time for him. Is that a testament to him that he was so revered, not just as a manager, but also as, as a man that he was, or that he is rather? Yeah, his whole um, attitude uh, to life and to the game uh, was exceptional. Like, he was a lovely guy to meet, Brian, and he loved to have the chat. Uh, like, his, I won't say his whole life, but an awful lot part of his life was hurling. And it was always lovely to chat with Brian. He he was a lovely guy. I know um, uh, he was a tough manager, I would say. To, I didn't ever play under him, but uh, he was... Uh, he, he was what we all wanted. He was the boss, and uh, the, the way he wanted it, it, it happened. And uh, like we're very, very proud of what he has done. But a, a really nice guy, and you would know from speaking to him, uh, as I have done so many times over the years. Uh, hurling is his passion, and that's what he lived for. And Eddie, for Kilkenny Hurling in general, there are certain figures in Kilkenny Hurling, um, not to flatter you now or embarrass you, but you're one of them, Henry Shefflin, DJ Carey. Brian Cody's probably top of the list. What does his departure mean for Kilkenny moving forward? Well, it leaves a huge gap that has to be filled and uh, a lot of thought has to go into where we go from here. Now, if you look at... um, the current team, uh, the the present team, that he developed that team uh, over uh, three months, you could say. I was at the match uh, in against Tipperary early on when it was a March, was it? And you couldn't see see that Kilkenny team progressing the way they did. But he he progressed them to an All Ireland final, and even against the great Limerick team, a wonderful team but a powerful team with with so much backing behind them with psychiatrists and all sorts of coaches and everything else he went within two points of, of beating that great team and like there was a few instances in the game uh, that we would dispute some of the decisions the referee decisions uh, that could have won it for us but um, having said that he's brought this team now to that stage he said at their homecoming that they're at that stage now they know what it takes to win all Ireland and it's upwards and onwards uh, with that team uh, for the coming season and Eddie moving forward now do you do you feel that now we have spoken about it on on the show since we've heard about um Brian Cody's departure do you feel that now is the right time to speculate on who the next manager will be uh, if you do what names do you think will be in the hat or, or would you just like to pay a tribute to him today and maybe leave that for a later date I think it's for a later date um, uh, we have to reflect and on what he has achieved like we're all aware of it but I think it's a time for actually putting it up there front uh, I know um, Unfortunately, I think, uh, I don't know what they were, but you appear to have got some negative comments from people who know nothing about it. Very but, true, Eddie, uh, I think. Uh, and, um, uh, like, you'll get those knockers anywhere, you know, and the best thing to do is ignore them totally. But for us hurling people, uh, it's a time for reflecting 
and enjoying to some extent, but uh, be thankful for the wonderful season, the wonderful, uh, we'll say from 1999, period of Kilkenny hurling that Brian has been to the forefront and what he has created. And I think that's what we do uh, for the present time anyway. And let's think about what's coming next, next week or the week after. Well, Eddie, it was an absolute pleasure talking with you. Um, Brian Cody has departed, as we say, and it was great to get your insight. And um, thanks very much for, for joining us today on the show. No problem, Robbie. Good luck to you. Thanks very much. That was Kilkenny hurling legend Eddie Kerr. Adrian Ronnie Ronan, how are you, sir? Well, Robbie, how are you doing? A uh, bit stunned, bit stunned to say the least, because the news, of course, that Brian Cody has decided to step down has sent shockwaves not just around the county but the hurling world. What's your immediate reaction, Adrian? Well, sure, the immediate reaction is like most people in Kilkenny, um, we got news and the rumours of Wednesday, and we had it on in very good sources Wednesday that we knew he was going. So we've had four days to think about it, um, so it's no. Th- huge surprise in the last four days massive surprise when we heard it on Tuesday or Wednesday the rumblings on Wednesday um, because in other forms we all had been speaking highly even including myself about Brian Cody and about the team's performance and about the, how we improved so much in the last month in particular so but we've had four days to digest it and all the WhatsApp groups that we're all on as buddies and friends and relations and cousins or whatever we are and ex-hurlers we're all on different WhatsApp groups so we've a lot of people have swapped opinions in the last four days so we've had time to think about it and as I said we are stunned and we're shocked and disappointed because it is an end of an era 24 years of Brian Cody trained and coached teams um, it's massive for Kilkenny Hurling uh, the loss will be massive I mean people can go and find all the faults and all the holes but at the end of the day the success is what we should be talking about and what we should be speaking about and I think when we speak about that I think we, t- we should often speak about the man himself I was honoured and privileged to meet the man on regular occasions after big games during my KCLR commentary roles I met him on bad days sad days good days and great days and the man was still the same regardless how he how whatever the result was he'd still meet you and was courteous give you his interview give his thoughts give his honesty uh, you'd always have to be very careful what you'd ask him he'd look down strictly when I'm only five foot six he'd look down at me to say I'm a handsome that Adrian maybe uh, but the man was always courteous to you as I said I never had him as a manager I was one of his possible first victims back 24 years ago but as a man and as a manager yeah, I've heard nothing any good I was privileged to work with some of the great hurlers and I've heard nothing any good that they had underneath uh, worked under with Brian Cody I mean I think when you go back on the great Kenny team of the last 20 years I think one of the words that he always uses is the spirit the bond but I think it's the honesty and humility and the grounding that all those players had I think they epitomised the man uh, Brian Cody they epitomised Kenny Hurland and I think if you look at the grounding that all those players you think of those players with 10, 8, 9 seven all earned medals you know all these lads that carry medals you know huge medals uh, huge array of medals and every one of those men every one of those players under Ryan Cody are all grounded people all grounded individuals and great for the Kenny Hurland and great for the Kenny people and I think that epitomised what Brian Cody Brian Cody didn't want 
what you might see in other counties, lads going around parading their medals, lads going around parading themselves in front of cameras, lads going around parading themselves on golf courses and shaking hands with the, the Tiger Woods of this life and doing the media thing. He wanted grounded men that gave everything for Kilkenny and he got that and I think Brian Cody, the man, uh, will be a huge loss. Brian Cody, the trainer, is a huge loss. Uh, and I think the players, as I said, those great players of the last 24 years epitomises Brian Cody. What's his legacy, Ronnie? You obviously mentioned there the amount of characteristics and traits that he has brought to Kilkenny Hurland. But what's his overwhelming legacy, do you think, that he's left behind him? Because obviously everyone will point to the trophies and the success, but for people my age, I suppose, you see the, the people my age, about 22, 23, 24, that are coming through now. We grew up knowing success and he's embroiled Kilkenny people in Hurland like never before is that his overwhelming legacy that ultimately what he done for Kilkenny as a county was make them even more Hurland mad if that was possible then before he was in charge well as you said if when you think of his legacy in the last 24 years and you mentioned your age and I have a man at home and a lot of people that I, I grew up with training teams at that age a lot of kids of your age or younger people of your age just familiarise themselves with um September and going to the All Ireland in September. To just grow up that thinking that we turned up in All Ireland in September. I grew up in a different area when you were privileged just to get to an All Ireland maybe every two, every three, every four years. Now we have a sort of a famine in, in terms of lot in terms of trying to win an All Ireland. But if you look back in the last twenty four years of Brian Cody, I mean, a child growing up, there were two things in around in their, in their calendar was their birthday and the All Ireland they were the two days that they were probably planning or the two you know when's my birthday and when are Kilkenny playing the All-Ireland and that's the the legacy that's the truth of it though isn't it Ronnie because I know people maybe listen we have a lot of listeners from outside of the county Wexford people Limerick people Carlow every single county are listening to us at the moment because of the news Brian Cody stepped down but it really was you planned around the All-Ireland final that's how dominant he was during his time in charge well you asked a very pertinent question I think was correct in the last 24 years and I grew up in that environment being a parent as well and they were the two questions when the calendar went up in January when you bought your Christmas calendar you put it up in the wall the two things that went up was when my birthday so you cross off the X on your birthday and then when you didn't have your birthday the next was when is the All-Ireland that and they were the two things we just made an assumption yeah. that we'd be in an All-Ireland and I think that was something that Brian Cody brought and spoilt us and the Brian Cody teams spoilt us and for me just you know, without you know taking from Brian Cody's legacy, you know the, the the man himself. I think that was just something that we made an assumption, a dangerous assumption to make. But it was something we did. We were always in that all Ireland. And I think, as I said, you know, when you mention Brian Cody and all this, and I know people, you know, you have to think of the family man, Brian Cody, that the woman beside him. I worked with Elsie for years in Bank of Ireland. Elsie was my boss for a long time and a great woman. And you know, behind every good man is a great woman. And and in this case. You know, people say, why did he go? I think Elsie might have said to Brian, I think it's time to go. And, you know, I think you have to give great credit to that woman and, and the two boys. They've had great uh, 24 years and given the man the opportunity to train all those Kilkenny teams and share his life with all of us and share his life with all those players. And I think it's a, it's a great day for the Cody family to have their father back, the husband back, and bring Cody back in their house doing a bit of weed and maybe a bit of gardening. <laughs> I think so it was a great day for the Cody family not so much that we've lost them as Kilkenny supporters um, you look back on the dominant years Ronnie obviously like we say we were completely and utterly spoiled uh, 6 9 sticks out because of the four in a row but almost for me something that's always stuck with me was after that the 6 9 team went on a great roll they were truly incredible we've never seen anything like it since although maybe this Limerick team are emulating it there we say it 
But after that, we won four in five years. Was that a testament to Brian Cody that following 2010, it was the lowest point of his managerial career, I would have thought. It was such a devastating defeat against Tipperary um, in, in that wet day in Crow Park when we, the day stopped the drive for five. The fact that he was able to inspire those players again and go on and be so successful, does that just go to show how good a manager he was to lift them up off the canvas? Yeah, uh, again, like Brian Cody, I, 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 again, you have to try and familiarise yourself who were the great managers in sport. And you think of Mick O'Dwyer and you think of Mickey Hart and you bring it into the soccer world and people that have their own like, teams that they follow. But Ferguson, you just, I think when you talk about Cody, a lot of people treat him and consider him in the same conversation as Alex Ferguson. And he built three or four different teams and Brian Cody did the same. He had three or four different generations of teams and had great wins and great successes. But the ones, I suppose, that you know that he got most out of was maybe 2011 when his back was to the wall after losing 2010. It was easier to sit down and give up and lie down. But the boys came back in 2011. 2015, we came back again, you know, in 14. So, or not 14, 15. So the last few years, I suppose, probably damaged that legacy a little bit you know and so far as we had so no much won so much of them but you know when you look back at Brian Cody the, and the players he had and the people he had and the people around him like to achieve what we achieved in 2019 and I know I'm bringing up old wounds and I know our Tipperary friends are listening to us but like we were so close in 19 and people say I oh, know you weren't you weren't it would have happened to would have better anyway but losing Richie Hogan in 2019 and then to be so close last Sunday again like they were two while we had great years under Cody you know knowing Brian Cody I'd say the ones that naturally hurt him the most are obviously 19 and this year because we were so close you know we weren't given a chance going into the game we weren't given a chance during the year we weren't given a chance after losing to Wexford in the park a month ago and yet he got four weeks under his belt yet he got to drive the team and train the team the way he wanted them and yet we nearly pulled it off against one of the greatest teams of all time we're led to believe three in a row Limerick team and yet we were two points down so I think when I think back of Brian Cody yeah the great years were brilliant and all the lads involved remember the ones they won but as a player an ex-player you often remember the ones you bloody well lost they're the ones that sit with you more harder more difficult the ones to deal with and I'd say Brian Cody will find them in the ones but to say he went I'd say his mind has been made up an age ago I don't know the man that well to say when did he make his mind up but I'm, I, I can't believe for a minute that he made his mind up this week I can't I don't think he'd be like that I think Brian Cody made his mind up weeks and months ago or maybe even a year ago that this was the last or whenever his time but I don't certainly don't think he made it up in the last week um, he's not like that he doesn't do things on the rebound um, so I, I believe for him is obviously the right time um, whether it's right for Kenny Hurland we'll all we'll learn but it's certainly uh, good for Brian Cody if he's decided it's time to go it's obviously makes sense for him to go he's left us in a, a way stronger position than we were 24 years ago he's left us in a way stronger position than we were 5 years ago and he's left us in a way stronger position than we were a year ago Ronnie, we're getting so many texts into our dinnersready.ie contact line, 0833069696, if you'd like to get in touch with the show. The two names that stand out constantly from our texters and from our listeners are Derek Ling and Henry Shefflin. We don't want to go on too much. It's more about celebrating uh, Brian Cody today. But of course, we're going to have to move on as a county and as, as a senior hurling team. Who do you see as the best fit coming into that job now? Well, you hit the nail in the head, Robbie. I don't think it's about today is about who do we think is going to replace Brian Cody I think today um, 
and the weekend will be all about Brian Cody and the loss of Brian Cody it's like a lot of Texas coming in you know is it up on RIP the people are surprised here at this stage <laughs> there's something wrong because there's nothing wrong the man has just stepped down from a job that he loves so much he's still alive and well which is great but yes of course the speculation will be out there we know it won't be Davy Fitz that's for sure um, after that it won't be an outsider so we've narrowed it down it'll be a Kilkenny man it'll be someone that's given a long time and a life service to Kilkenny Hurling it'll be some of Brian Cody's ex-hurlers now we can all start speculating uh, the fans favourite might be Henry the people's favourite might be Derek Ling the dark horse might be Eddie Brennan the dark horse might be Michael Finley the dark horse could be the existing players what's wrong with the existing mentors Connor Phelan Gorta and uh, James McGarry so there's a, there's plenty of people David Herity there's plenty of people there that are in managerial jobs at the minute of course the lads that have the experience are uh, Henry Eddie Brennan and uh, Michael Fenley they have the most experience if that's what we're looking for but the county board now have to go through a process will they go through a process see we've been so lucky we forgot how do we go through this years ago Is do the clubs nominate people now that's the big testing for the county board how is this going to be done do they actually nominate go back to the clubs and nominate the person does it go to a vote and then go to an interview and people and clubs and delegates would like to think they'll have a say so it's a big decision for the county board will the executives of the county board have a decision will Brian Cody have an influence on what's going to happen but it'll be an ex-player it'll be someone that's a die-hard in the Kilkenny hurling it'll be someone that'll have a decoration of medals I'm sure because Brian Cody and the present generation of hurlers uh, have all been decorated it'll be someone that has worked under Brian Cody so whatever it'll be it'll be a good one uh, that's for sure and we can all speculate all those names but and every one of them has a, a lot of a lot to offer Kilkenny uh, so it's a tough one I personally don't know who it'll be um, but I, I know as we said the, the people that you mentioned will all be very serious contenders and Ronnie just before I do let you go um, he's ruled the roost over not just the senior team but Kilkenny Hurland for the, the majority of his time in charge of Kilkenny how much of a change is this going to be and how tough is this going to be for the county board to transition away from Brian Cody because presumably with the greatest respect to the new manager they're not going to have the same level of power or control that Brian Cody earned throughout his time in charge so do you worry as and I don't like crossing into other sports when, when talking about one particular topic but do you worry that we do see something like a Sir Alex Ferguson effect at Manchester United it is different it's a professional setting but one man was in charge for so long and now the next kind of manager is going to find it really difficult to go in and implement his style and, and his kind of structure into things yeah well look Brian Cody came in at a time you know when I go back and think about and you've mentioned about your, your age like 24 25 years ago we had legendary school teachers at primary level uh, offering and teaching and coaching the game you go to Gordon you had John Knox and you had Dick O'Neill you go to to Bally Haley you had Joe Dunphy you go to Brendan Sullivan and Thomastown you go to Bally Cannon Jim Nary and I'm leaving out, you know, excellent people. But where it all happened for this generation of hurlers in the last 24 years, it came from the schools, it came from the underage, it came from the primary schools. And I think there's where we have to get back to, is building the foundations from the bottom up again. And we might have taken our eye off the ground, off the ball there, and we need to maybe instill that. You know, I heard Owen Larkin saying that Brian Cody's gone back into St. Patrick's de la Salle. To think after all those years, he's gone back into help. And I think that's where Kilkenny might have to go back to build from the bottom up again. Now, I know people say, hold on, we're in an all-earned this year. Of course we are. But you have to have the foundations always correct and right and strong. 
and I think that's we've been so lucky that the foundations under Brian Cody and all those uh, primary school teachers over the last 20 years 30 years ago they were supermen that uh, you know you gave their life to, to, to hurling and underage hurling and we might have to just focus in on that again and maybe instil that confidence back to the teaching and department of education profession maybe to offer that back to the schools to the boys and girls we might have just taken away off of that a little bit but Kilkenny replacement as you said we're very lucky whoever's going to win there is going to be uh, cut from the same measure and cloth as Brian Cody he's going to have to work under Brian Cody so he's going to bring a huge amount of Brian Cody's influence he's going to be a born winner because he's going to have all earned medals he's going to be used to success whoever he's going to be he's not going to take losing lightly so whoever we're going to get is going to have all those characteristics so we're very lucky we're not in a county here where we're going out and don't know who look at other counties around us at the minute the Waterfords and the Tips in different places you know what I mean you can name maybe within reason two candidates in every in those both counties whereas we we're mentioning five, six, seven or eight possible candidates so we're very fortunate that we have uh, numerous candidates uh, that could uh, transfer into that into this place and there is for, I, I'm obviously forgetting possibly one or two dark horses here possibly there's a camogie world there's people representing Kilkenny you look at Kilkenny camogie today and I hope to win today and I hope to get a victory today but they have a great set up in Brian Dowland Pat O'Neill Tommy Shefflin Philly Larkin all decorative men with serious hurling ability with serious uh, uh, time given to Kilkenny hurling so Look, we're blessed in the Camogie world, we're blessed in the Hurling world, and we're blessed in Kilkenny to have a lot of great people doing a lot of great work at all levels. So I don't, I'm not worried about who the next person will be uh, and whoever he'll bring with him. It'll be a good team of play, people around him, whoever it'll be, and it'll be someone that'll want to, to continue success. However, it comes with a warning, as you rightly said, and the warning is trying to replicate that success. It's a difficult job to come in behind Brian Cody, so whoever gets the job is going to need all the luck and all the help and all the support we can give them, whoever it is and we'd have to offer that as people and supporters and give that person whoever gets that job that support Well Ronnie we're going to be obviously watching on with an incredible amount of interest to see how Kilkenny Hurland does in 2023 and beyond and all I can say is thanks very much for giving us your input today Good man Robbie best of luck thank you Thanks that was former All-Ireland winner and regular KCLR contributor Adrian Ronnie Run speaking to us about the retirement of Brian Cody <laughs> Out. One man that knows everything about Brian Cody and has soldiered with him throughout his 24 years in charge is Racker Cody. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Racker on the line now. Racker, how are you? Not too bad. How are you keeping? Very good, very good. Now, Racker, what is your reaction to the news? I suppose you know Brian Cody better than anyone else. Um, an incredible managerial career and it's finally come to an end. Uh, sure, it's a massive disappointment. He rang me today to tell me, you know, personally, and uh, the point about it is that I don't think they'll ever be they'll ever be a manager like it in any sport again. I mean, he had it everywhere. He had it in 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 the line of discipline. He had it in that he was a nice guy to to work with and all. And you could meet a nicer fellow as well, off of the field or on the field, you know. That's incredible to hear and I suppose again there's been a lot of talk record about kind of Brian Cody over the years that he's a bit distant he's cold that he doesn't get too involved and that um, he kind of keeps to himself but the constant thing we've been hearing across today here on Scoreline is that he was a pure gentleman he treated everyone yeah. with the greatest of respect is that something you'd like to echo? 
Yeah, I, I did. And, and look, at, I was honoured and privileged to be there with him for 24 years. And, and, and I mean this, off of the field and on the field, he was a pure gentleman. And, and it's easy to say those things when a guy is gone, but I mean that. I worked with him. I was there with him. And we travelled the world with him. And no matter where you be or what you do, he was out of this world, a pure gentleman, off of the field and on the field. When you're on, when I'm managing a team, you have to have that ruthless streak in you to, for, to achieve the ultimate again, the opposition, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair and, to say. Um, yeah. Record, what was it like working with him for yourself? Because, you know, not many people were inside that camp. It was so famous throughout his 24 years in charge, but particularly yeah. throughout the 2000s. Was that like just something else completely when you're talking uh, about elite sport at that level? It was, it was a great... It was a, like I said to you, I was honoured and privileged to be with him. And he never never looked at you. I, no matter what I want, I leave it to you. You look after it. You have control of the setup. You know, to me, uh, he never questioned me or never, you know, matter what he want, what was to be done, he'd leave it to me. And that I found uh, for a guy in that position, there was no button in and anything like that. You know, he was out of this world. And like, I am sad today to hear him, to hear that he went, you know, I thought he might say because he was created another good team coming along and it won't be too long. We were unlucky in the All-Ireland. We could have won it and putting halos around the certain teams that won it, all right, they won it, but we could have won it. With a few mistakes here and there, we should have won it, you know? How devastating was that defeat record on Sunday, just to get some insight from inside the camp? Because just, for Kilkenny uh, people, it was a great performance, but a poor, disappointing result, I should say, not a poor a result. Massive, a massive, a massive disappointment, you know, just to, to get defeated. Because when you know you could have won it, and again, again, a team that's supposed to be rated, you know, but to, like looking back on life and looking back on the team that we had from '98 down to 2012, I don't think, matter what team will come in Ireland, will ever be as good as that bunch of fellas. Yeah, I think I think that's certainly true. And record you know, mo- moving on now. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of talk about the future. What what does the future of Kilkenny Hurland look like post Brian Cody? Because he has been the one constant figure there for 24 years. Do you worry at all that maybe we're going to be struggling post um, the Cody era, or do you think Kilkenny Hurland's in good hands? Uh, look, at it, I think Kilkenny Hurland will never die. You know, it'll be always on top of the ladder. It's like Kerry football. And the point about it is, whoever will take it over, the, his asset was his, he was disciplined. If you stepped out of line, you were gone, no matter how, no matter how fond he was here, or you'd be disciplined. You know, and that's an asset in, in, in any sport in life. If you're not disciplined, you won't achieve the ultimate. When we were going well from 98 down to 2012, like I said, we had discipline. None of them ever stepped out of line. They were always in line, uh, follow the rules, and look at what look what has achieved for us. Certainly so. And record over those years, I suppose so much was so much happened. But what were the traits that Brian Cody instilled in his players that were the key to success? The, the, the really, really is that he did when it, when when we'd be going out in the field or anything, he would emphasize that no one would take a position but he never believed in any dirt or anything he always meant to play the ball play concentrate on the ball but let no one take your patch on the field you know so it was, yeah. it was a massive that that was a massive uh, uh, plan with he, him as well you know yeah, but never never emphasized on on any playing any dirty game always play the ball you know. Yeah, that certainly was the case, and you could see that from the outside looking in. I mean, yeah, Kilkenny yeah. were—they no, were a great team, but they always played played to the rules, and it was magnificent yeah. to see. And I think we have—he was bringing on. A, I, I was—I I thought he would stay, but he's—it was bringing on a good team now as well. I think we'd be there again next year in the All Ireland myself. You know. 
Yeah, I suppose that's the, that's the question I want to pose to you too, Rackard, because yeah. like I said, you, you, you know these players better than most. It felt like we were yeah. so close on, on last Sunday and that we're not too far away at all, probably the closest we've been since 2015. Is that why you are surprised that he's decided that now is the right time to move away? I, uh, yeah, I thought he would stay because he was building this these bunch of fellas that were coming and they could they will achieve the ultimate eventually. It could be next year. And the point about it is, if you look back and you were looking at the match, we had a, a couple of our lads missed points we should have freeze that we, we didn't get but there's no point in playing this, the, the sad note about it but we should have won it we should have won it and that's it's a simple way of saying it's easy to put a team up on a pedestal we won three in a row we won four in a row there's no point in getting carried away with three in a row you know you know yes yeah, certainly so and as you mentioned there we are a very young team record uh, moving forward do you think this team will kind of feel the shockwaves be affected in the immediate aftermath maybe there'll be a bit of a hangover from his departure or do you feel as though they'll just stay going with the job at hand whoever's in charge next and that ultimately the work Brian Cody has done with this set of players will bear its fruit yeah. come um, next year yeah I think young lads today you know yourself uh, it, it goes away quick from them you know they don't uh, they don't uh, t- keep it in too long as it'll be over and again we get back in January to start training again that could be uh, he will never be forgotten about don't get me wrong but the young lads will move on with life and they'll get on with our game you know and concentrate on what they have to do under new management and Rackard you've been a constant during his time in charge as well um, for yourself how enjoyable I suppose because we always talk about the workload that goes into inter-county hurling with everyone involved none more so than, than yourself but how enjoyable yeah. was it to be involved because you were you were part of something truly unique and special that everyone across not just the county but the whole country really loved and yeah, endeared the whole country yeah yeah you're right it'll never happen again sure look at it it was over it was out of this world to be involved you know and like I do it on my own but other other counties have two and three guys doing kit man but I do it on my own and Brian said to me do you want someone record to help you and no and he said I see where you're coming from because I said if I bring someone on me and step out of line you get a bad name so I just continued on on my own with it but it, it was out of this world enjoyable and again like you have to be married to a, a quiet woman as well otherwise <laughs> you'll be divorced very quick you know so uh, I leave the house when we were in full flight I'd leave it at maybe one, twelve o'clock one o'clock and I wouldn't be home till nine at night you know brilliant stuff brilliant stuff and yeah, just know, just, just for people that are on shore record because your household name at Kenny Hurling everyone absolutely uh-huh. loves you across the county um, <laughs> your role with your role with the team though um, you know uh, how, how has it actually developed over the years uh, well in 1977 I joined it I started off and, and, and I started doing the balls in Hurland and then they made me kit man and it, it, it progressed from there and like anything they want I, I, I thought it was lovely the other evening uh, and the bus the boys came up coming up on the bus to shook hands with me and thanked me for everything I'd done during the year the way I looked after them uh, matter what they want laces cogs anything just you name it I have it in the van and anything they want they come to me and I know they're well looked after so that's that's in itself it's, it's, a, it's, it's a nice touch when you see young lads coming up and shaking hands with you and thanking you for everything you've done that, that made my if a lad gave me a million I wouldn't be as happy you know 
Well, Rackard, it was absolute pleasure speaking with you today. And uh, again, we'd echo those thoughts that you have about Brian Cody, a, a pure gentleman and the greatest manager yeah. that there ever was. And thanks very much for speaking yeah. to me today. Thank, thanks very much, friend. God bless. Thank you. Thanks very much. That was Rackard Cody, kit man with Kilkenny. And in fall, as he just said, you thought Brian Cody was there for long. 1977 was the first time he was involved with the Kilkenny setup, and he's still there to this day. Rackard Cody with a glowing tribute to a man that he knows better than most, Brian Cody. Co- Delighted to say though now that I'm joined on the line by a man that knows Brian Cody very well, Liam Turl, the James Stevens Club President. Liam, how are you this evening? I'm great, Robbie. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Liam, I suppose yes. the, the question that I've posed to everyone that's come on the show today is what is your immediate reaction to the fact that Brian Cody has decided to step down? Well, I suppose, Robbie, uh, we're all a little bit surprised in a sense, but uh, I, I suppose the day had to come eventually. And uh, I'm delighted for Brian in a sense that he's had a wonderful year again this year and a fantastic, fantastic All-Ireland final last Sunday. And I just want to wish Brian and Elsie and the family the very, very best and uh, say how proud of them we are in the James Stevens Club and all of us have been. But as a hurler in the past with us and as a, as a manager of Kilkenny, he's done Kilkenny hurling proud over the last 24 years. And we've been behind him all the way and uh, just looking forward to seeing him at all our club games, and as he always has been anyway. And uh, I wish him well in his retirement. He can't have done any more for Kilkenny hurling than he's done. And uh, he's a wonderful man and a wonderful club man as well, thank God. Yeah, yeah. And Liam, that's, to get that insight true. about about him as a club man, because obviously you are the president of James Stevens. We've seen him on the pedestal of you know the greatest hurling manager of all time. That's with Kilkenny high profile stuff because it's the inter county game. But as a James Stevens club man himself, what is he like? Does he get involved in the club an awful lot? How how does he go about that? Brian has always been involved in the James Stevens from the time he was a, a chap. He's been hurling with us since he was 12 years of age, right up through the ages, as you know. Captain Kilkenny Miners, captain the club teams. He's been a club man all his life, and he's never forgotten his club. There was his roots. His father, Bill, was chairman of our club here for 17 years, and uh, Brian and his brothers uh, Eamon and Michael and, 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 and Niall have all hurled with us and Brian has James Stevens' blood in his veins his two sons Dunica and Dermot have also played with us and are playing with us uh, well Dunica is retired now but Dermot is continuing to play with us on our senior team and Brian has always supported the club in every way possible in the background we've never ever wanted for anything as far as Brian is concerned the club always came first he's a fantastic club man and will always be as far as I'm concerned there's no one better than him and as a hurler he was absolutely always a leader on the field and he's given that leadership to Kenny as a manager as well so we're just so proud to have had a man like Brian Cody in the James Stevens club and I'm sure his parents would have been very proud of what he achieved Bill and, and Annie now we're, 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 I'm, I'm delighted to see Brian retiring in a sense because he's given so much of himself and his family have given so much to hurling and to promoting the game and as a, in the schools over the years he's also he was principal of the Telesal here in Kilkenny he's given so much to the schools to his club and to Kilkenny hurling I don't think any man in the country would ever give as much he just loves hurling 
He's a passionate man, passionate family man, passionate club man, and passionate Kilkenny man. I say, well done, Rain. Well done. You deserve a rest. Well, they're they're really um, great words from you there, Liam. I must say, and as someone that knows him, right. why why do you feel as though he felt now is the right time to go? Because there has been lots of speculation over the last decade or so. But um, you know, why do you feel like now is the right time for him to go? Do you think? Ah, sure. Look at I mean, everybody has their day, um, uh, Robbie. I mean, Brian has given what twenty. I mean, it's unbelievable what he's achieved. I mean, there's no, there's no way I'd say when Brian started it in 1999 that he would have ever dreamt of achieving what he's done and what the Kilkenny teams have done. The fantastic hurlers that Kilkenny have produced, and Brian as a leader of them, along with all his management teams, of course, as well. And uh, you know, we've been so looking for Kilkenny here to have a man like Brian leading and having him here for the last 24 look at all the all Ireland's we've been privileged to go to in Croke Park all the fantastic days we've had all the, I know we've lost a few as well but uh, you have to lose a few to win a few but we've won more than a few it's it's uh, it's it's an achievement will never be surpassed I'd imagine I, I can't ever see it being surpassed but uh, why he's given up at the moment I'd say uh, sure look I have to give time I mean Elsie and, and the family have, have 110% supported Brian and Brian just I'm sure he, he, he has he has grandchildren now in the family and he he's a family man and always has been and I'm sure he wants to give a little more time at home maybe uh, whatever I don't know I mean uh, that's Brian's own business why he gave it up I don't discuss these things with him but uh, how more can you how much more can you give and maybe it's time now for someone else to go in and see what they can achieve Uh, Sergio's to him uh, he's he's given it all and uh, uh, all I say is well done well done Brian and uh, we're very very proud of you in the James Stevens Club and everyone is of course so proud of the, the achievements that he's had and he's taken Kilkenny Hurling forward so much during his 24 year spell not just his spell in charge but what he's done for Kilkenny Hurling as captain he's climbed the steps of the Hogan stand himself to lift the Lee McCarthy Cup That's as right. a player as a manager it's been truly incredible we've got so many texts coming in to our dinners ready yeah. dot contact line 0833069696 if you'd like to get in touch with your show and pay tribute to Brian Cody Liam just before I let you go um you know we're obviously concentrating on the club do you think he'll how much work do you think he'll do with the club because of course he is retired now I'm sure he'd like to take a step back but he's immersed in hurling I'm sure he'll be involved in some capacity Ah, sure. Look at it. I mean, he's he still does coaching sessions up in the school with the kids as well. You know, whenever he has a, a bit of spare time, and he goes to all the matches. He goes to the juvenile matches. He goes to the adult games. I mean, he he'll continue to do that. Brian loves just loves. He's a passionate hurling man. He'll continue to be involved in the club in whatever way he. We if we he he'll, he'll be around for the club whenever we need him. Whatever we want him to do, he will do it. He has always given us a hundred. 10%. Uh, I'm sure he'll be involved in some of the maybe the underage structures as well, whatever. If the lads want him to do something, he'll do it. All you have to do is ask. Wayne is always available, no matter what. And uh, look at we're looking forward to the future and uh, having Brian around. And thank God he's a strong, healthy man. And I'm delighted to see him retiring at this stage myself. I think he's given so much. And what more can a man do? And we'll be very, very proud of him. And, and, and well done, well done again. Well, Liam, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. A glowing tribute there to Brian Cody. And we wish you, Brian Cody, and the club nothing but the best of luck in the future. 
thanks very much Robbie and thanks very much thanks very much that was Liam Turrell there James Stevens GA club president with a great tribute Turning to boxing now, we caught up with a good friend of ours here at KCLR Scoreline, Marble City Boxing's Gary Kyo, uh, to talk about the funding that the club recently received. He's paid right grassroots level, right up to the top. There's no one paid in the sport. Um, it's all voluntary led. And then in the club, you know, we're not funded. We're not, we're not, we don't have any main sponsors at the moment. Um, so been awarded funding like this look it's 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 fantastic for the club because it's nice to be recognised for the hard work that goes in um, down in the club every night we're down there most most weeks five nights a week from September right up to kind of June July time so you know a huge proportion of, of volunteers time is spent down in the club and it's phenomenal to get funding like this and to try and improve the club and it is like you said it's very very important that we're constantly able to make improvements in the club to keep younger members coming in um, that's that's hugely important for us Do you find with funding like this not just obviously the financial side of things but it gives a bit of coverage to the club obviously there's been um, a lot of news outlets covering it across the week including ourselves here at Scoreline and also besides that there's there's more of a buzz around the club because they are getting that coverage and there's a kind of a you know there's a good image and a good vibe about the club because of the, the funding coming your way yeah, look, it's it's brilliant. Um, I suppose it's like everyone says, all publicity is good publicity. So, um, it, it's great to see the club in the headlines and been you know acknowledged by all the, the local news outlets. Um, you know, it it kind of puts the spotlight on the club, and it'll help to to get more members in come our the start of our new season. Kind of, we'll be starting back now in the middle to the end of August, with a registration date to be confirmed. But um, you know, we we'd be hoping that. This kind of publicity, it will get it'll get the club's name out there even more that it's already out at the moment, and hopefully bring in some more members. Um, because at the moment the club is thriving, so um, the more the, the club is publicised and, and get its gets its name out there, the more members we'll get in through the doors, definitely. Since COVID in particular, Gary, because of course it is an indoor sport and indoor sports, um, they're, they're close to my heart, the likes of handball, squash, racquetball, and maybe were affected a lot more than outdoor sports were when it came to COVID. But since then, have you found there's been a massive growth in the amount of people um, joining the club? Because as you said, there seems to be more and more people um, really partaking in boxing over the last two years or so. Yeah, so look, I suppose COVID, you know, it, it decimated sport across Ireland. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, indoor sports heavily impacted um, we we definitely suffered um, at the hands of COVID. Kind of outdoor sports like hurling and that, you know, they were able to go back um, a lot earlier than we could. Um, but one thing that we did in the club was we did an awful lot of online Zoom sessions and Microsoft Teams sessions. We kind of kept our boxers engaged, kept the members engaged by getting um, various professional and senior elite champions, former elite champions to come on and take training sessions, to try and mix mix up and diversify the training. Instead of just having the same coaches all the time delivering sessions, keep it fresh. And we managed to hold on to an awful lot of the, the young people in the club. Um, and I suppose, look, the, the credit has to go to the coaches in the club. They're constantly coming up with innovative ideas to keep the young members engaged and kind of constantly interested and learning all the time. So we're delighted that a huge amount of the members stayed on and the ones that left, we'd be hoping that maybe we'd be able to get them back as well because there's huge potential in all in all those young people that um, that are in the club. 
And you mentioned the coaches there and how imperative they are to any club, not just uh, Marble City Boxing Club, but any club in any sport across the country. 15 coaches, including yourself, Gary, if I'm not mistaken, completed their world governing body IBA one-star coaching course. The six days of training were facilitated by IBA instructor Paul Adams, Adam Cousier and held in Corpus Christi Boxing Club in Belfast. Could you explain to us what that was, Gary, and why it kind of helps you improve your own coaching? Yeah, so the IBA One Star Coach in course, it um it enables us to work um with the Irish national team. So you'd be coaching in the high performance in Dublin and you'd be eligible to be selected to go and obviously coach with the Irish team at the European World or Olympic Games, you know, that that kind of level. So look it is a huge step up, um and it's great. We had um an EUBC delegate in Adam Kussier. He's look hugely experienced, he's the former Olympic coach for Poland. Um he sits on the Olympic Council um as well. So just even have the week with him learning off him, um, it was huge and it'll definitely help my game going forward as well. Um, I was looking delighted to get that coaching course done because as I said, it'll enable us to go forward and uh, to hopefully coach in high performance as well and represent Ireland as a coach. So um, it's always been an ambition, um, definitely. But uh, just, to, just to learn off those coaches as well on, for the duration of the week, um, you know, we can take massive amount of information back to the club and work on that going forward for the new season. And I know you're very selfless, Gary. We speak to you um, consistently across our range of sports shows here on KCLR. But for yourself, you mentioned there that it is maybe an ambition for you to to coach on an Irish team. Uh, how far along that route are you and how far do you have to go? Ah, look, I suppose it, it's, it's like everything. Um, you know, I, I never think, I never really think that much about it, Robbie. You know, it's, yeah. it's all about the boxers. Um, I, look, personally, you know, you'd love an opportunity to to represent your country. Um, but as long as as long as my boxers are are doing well, you know I, I'm happy. Um, so look, we're we're going well as a club at the moment. Definitely, um, we reward as I said, best club in Leinster in 2019. Um, we're firmly up there again this season, and we've we've had more young boxers compete in national championships and national finals this season than any other season gone. So the club is thriving at the moment. Um, coaching coaching wise, we have some great coaches down in the club. Um, who are all putting in massive shifts, um, and you know, I suppose the club is progressing. It's 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 developing all the time. We're getting we're getting better, improving, um, and massive credit has to go out to all those coaches. Um, but look, if if an opportunity came down the line sometime, um, you know, I definitely definitely be um, over the moon uh, to accept an opportunity like that. But at the moment, I'm just delighted with the way the club is going and the way the boxers are performing. Well, the boxers are performing very, very well indeed. And one of those boxers is Keane Stable. And he's part of a 29-strong team of junior cadets that has been named to contest the 2022 European Schools Championships. The tournament is being hosted by the Turkish Boxing Federation from August 10th to 21st. I know we spoke to you briefly about this um, about a month or so ago, or a month or so ago Gary. But um, could you explain to our listeners what Keane's getting involved with there? Because this is an incredible opportunity for him. Yeah, so only only this week, um, Keem ratified on that junior um, team to head across to the European Championship. So he'll he'll represent Team Ireland um, at the 52 kilo category. Um, look, Keen has had a phenomenal season. He's after winning five five competitions this year. Um, he won his Leinster title, obviously, which was the first protocol. Um, from there, he went on to win his national title. Um, we went travelled to Portugal to an international tournament, and he won gold in Portimao. Uh, we then came back. We boxed in the National Junior Cadets, which acted as a qualifier for these European Championships. He had three tough fights in three days, managed to come through them all and earn his spot on the high-performance team. And only recently then, within the last month, we were over in the Hull International Box Cup where he won gold again. So 
Look, Keane is he, he's absolutely flying it at the moment. Um, in just over two weeks, he'll be competing in Turkey in the European Championships. So we're we're coming to our final kind of uh, final week of hard training in his training camp. He's going really well at the moment, and look, we have a plan for Keane just to go out there, performance is everything. You know, take it one fight at a time, round by round, and look. We'd, we'd love to see Keane medal at the European Championships and it'll be a huge ask because there's some phenomenal talent um, you have all the best boxers in Europe at this age group will be competing so he will have a very very competitive um, weight category but as we said his, his training has gone brilliant and we just hope he performs out there um, and if a medal comes along you know he'll, he'll be a history maker for the club he'll be the first European medalist with the club well, we'll certainly keep up to date with Keane's progress across our on-air and online platforms on Scoreline. Gary, just before I let you go, you mentioned there that the new season is starting back next month. How do people get involved with the club if they want to start up boxing? And when does the season actually really get going? Is it kind of a pre-season into the start of a season a month later or does it get straight going in August? Yeah, so if anyone is looking to get involved in the club, um, if they have sons or daughters, you know, aged between nine and upwards, um, just keep an eye on the Marble City Facebook page. Uh, you'll we'll have details up there within the next week or so in relation to our registration night. What that will go through the costs of the membership for the various ages, and the weekly training fees and the nights we train. So just keep an eye on the Facebook page, and you'll get all the information you require. And just come down on that night. You'll get your forms, fill up the forms, and you're good to go. So the season will kick off probably the middle to the end of August and it'll go right through so the season will kick off um, and it'll, it'll be full on training from then right through to maybe June or July of the following year 2023 well, That's brilliant to hear Gary and as always it's great catching up with you and we wish you nothing but the best luck and Keane of course out in Turkey in the coming months and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you very very soon indeed Robbie, thanks very much for that. Brilliant. Absolute gentleman. Gary Kyo there from Marble City Boxing Club elaborating on everything happening with the club at the moment. And of course, just this week, they were absolutely thrilled to collect the Texaco Support for Sport Award. Bit of a mouthful there for 2022 in Kilkenny. Brilliant, brilliant piece of funding for them there. And they are thoroughly deserving of it. When we stick when we come back on Scoreline Rider, we're going to give you an update on the All Ireland final. So don't go anywhere. There was lots of action this weekend in the Senior Hurling Championship in Carlow. We caught up with KCLR hurling commentator Terence Kelly. Welcome back to Scoreline with myself, Robbie Down. Of course, it was a busy night in the JJ Cavan and Sons Carlo Senior Hurling Championship with Ballon Killen defeating Bagnestown Gales by two points on a scoreline of 16 points to 14, while in the previous game to that the true in a 5pm that you heard live on KCLR Mount Leinster Rangers the champions defeated St Mullins by 115 to 15 points that means the semi-final lineup reads Mount Leinster Rangers taking on Bangs of Town Gales rather this day next week at 2.15pm in Netwatch Cullen Park and then at 4pm St Mullins will face off against Ballinkillen and one man that was there to see both games last night was a resident guru here on all things Carlo Hurland Terence Kelly Terence, how are you this evening? I'm glad Robbie and how are you? Very, very good now, Terence. I suppose we'll start with the first game. Um Sam Mullins started off strong, Mount Leinster Rangers got into the game and eventually overcame it and uh won it of course by three points. Um what did you make of that one? Listen in, in the first half, you know, Sam Mullins were all over Mount Leinster Rangers and uh you know, like Mount Leinster Rangers didn't really turn up for the first half. They were very, very poor. As expected, like the game was 
fairly average now. But, you know, St. Martin's raced into a lead and uh, it was six points each at half time. But, you know, St. Martin's missed, a, I know it was 10, it was 10 points to four at half time, but St. Martin's missed a great chance of a goal before half time. Big Paddy Bowen got inside the United goalie to beat. Dean Glenn spread itself wide and it came off his legs out for 65. But it was, it was a 10 points to four and St. Martin's were absolutely dominating the scene. And, uh, you know, Rangers, you know, they looked very, very average. I know they were missing quite a few players. But nevertheless, it was a very, very poor display. But, you know, the game has gone into free take and now it was, um, there were so many scores. You know, Conor Kehoe was an excellent free take. Conor scored about eight. And uh, Evan Keeley scored, Evan scored seven or eight also. But, you know, it's one of those games that in the second half, Rangers come out and uh, the arrival of Fika Fitzpatrick after an injury to Tony Lawler. Tony was a chap that after playing yesterday morning, coming from America, Tugged out for his club now, it wasn't easy, but got a hand injury and he was replaced then by Fico Fitzpatrick. And it brought new life at the Mount Rangers uh, team, like you know, he played really, really well. And he got a vital goal midway through the second half, and from there on, you know, Rangers kind of took over. And uh, probably maybe a flattering scoring, uh, 115 to 15 points it ended. But uh, on the day, it was an average day, and uh, St. Mullins would probably miss some of the chances, and we'll, we'll you know, we'll. We'll go back and look at some of those chances in the first half, you know, well, that they didn't take. Does it worry you at all, Terence, that these are widely regarded as the two best teams? And not just regarded, they really have been over the last couple of years contesting county finals. And they were great spectacles and great games, not just for supporters of both clubs, but also for neutrals. Does it worry you at all that maybe, OK, albeit there wasn't as much riding on this game last night because both sides had sealed their place in the semi-final. But does it kind of trouble you that the fact that the game was so average? Well, listen, that's right. there's no point in trying to hide it. It was really, really average. The week before, we looked at Ballantillon uh, play St. Mullins, and at halftime, it was 294 points, and St. Mullins were, were very poor. Very, very poor on the day. And, and uh, you know, last night, there was there was no bragging rights last night. Like, the winners went home, and they're kind of talking about next weekend. The biggest worry away for teams are the injuries uh, to teams. Like, you know, as I said last week, St. Mullins were missing Paul Dyle and James Dyle, James Dyle's honeymoon. Oh, last night Rangers are missing a, a load of players, like you know, and uh, you know Ted Jace and John Nolan, Dean Tobin is out with injury, and uh, you know they're after having a good few injuries, and then some players are out of the country also. But it's next weekend, like the worry started. Such as I said, both teams knew they were in the semi-final. Both teams were just playing for places that be first or second, and uh, no, as I said, from here on, like you know, when the worries will start, and. Uh, so as I said, it would take a much improved performance, you know, from all teams because on the day now, St. Mons were very poor in the second half, Rangers were pathetic in the first half, and uh, but they ended up winning by three points. So no, listen, it's all it's all to play for next weekend. And of course, um, both of these sides would be heavy favourites uh, at the start of the competition. Probably still are. Are they in your eyes? I know you were back in St. Mullins from a long way out. Do you still see it like that, or are you a bit worried for them considering they've lost two well, on the bounce now? Well. It's like you know, with with Ballinkillen's performance two weeks ago, you'd say, Where have these lads been? Like, you know, it was just an exhibition hurl in the first half. And uh, as I thought, you know, I thought the same one as what they seemed to be. It. I still wouldn't rule them out. But you know, Rangers haven't performed as well as they're capable of performing, as I said. They have had a lot of injuries, they've had a lot of problems that way, like you know. And uh, like, they're two tricky games next weekend, you know, as I said, that uh, they're playing Bangstown, who have been just hanging in there all the time. and Nothing fantastic about them, but they're you know they're difficult to beat. So, as I said, the worries won't start until next. I think it's next Sunday. They're on two fifteen, four o'clock. I think.
Yeah, that's it. Those games, of course, will be broadcasted live on KCLR. I'm sure yourself and Brendan Hennessy will be calling them for us at Netwatch Cullen Park. The second game that took place at Carlo GA headquarters last night was the game between Ballinkillen, Owen Larkin's Ballinkillen and Bagnallstown Gales. It ended 16 points to 14 in favour of Ballinkillen. What did you make of that one, Terence? Listen, what do you make of it? Kieran Whelan, he scored, he scored 11 points, checked 50, was 3, was 14, and one from Sean Murphy and one from Party Hines. But they're very, very dependent on pace bonds also. As I said, their performance the week before against them was those exhibition stuff. Last night, they were back kind of to the sets. Average hurling in a very, very average game. And Bangstown Gales missed. Uh, well, they went, they went into the game without Craig Dial and without Elsie Cochran, two big, big cogs in the Bangstown wheel, like, you know. But uh, what to make out with it? As I said, it was a very average game. They were playing for places. And in the end, it was a... They went in six points each at half time, But it was... Uh, free uh, free taking ability of Kieran Wheel to kind of carry them across the line. Jake Dial for for uh, the Bangs on Chaps. I saw Jake playing under 22 on the week. He is a very, very decent player. He um, he had been injured for a good few of the games in the Championship. But once again, uh, you know, it was shadow boxing yesterday. As I said, you know, neither team were over committing themselves. They weren't really showing their hands as such. And as I said, it's for them, like the worry start next weekend also. For Ballinkillen, I suppose, to concentrate on them first because they've had two really positive results, it must be said, defeating St Mullins last weekend and obviously last night. Despite maybe, as you say yourself, a below-par performance, they did get over the line in that win to set up an, a semi-final with last year's runners-up. Where do you see that? How do you see them at the moment, Terence? Are they in a good place heading into this semi-final? Obviously, as we mentioned, Mount Leicester Rangers and St Mullins will be favourites to meet in the decider, but do you think Ballinkillen could throw a spanner in the works? Well, uh, which Ballinkillen turns up? If there's if there's something similar to the team that played, you know, two weeks ago, St. Mons would have to be very, very worried. I know, like St. Mons are missing a few vital cogs from their team on the day, and uh, it, but even with those, like it was exhibition stuff from Ballinkillen. Now Ballinkillen won last night. I said they won by two points, and uh, their centre forward Sean Murphy to me is a massive, massive, massive player. Now Sean Murphy last night was only a shadow of Sean Murphy. If Sean can come back to himself, which is there, he's you know he's he's a top class performer ninety nine percent of the time. Last night was a bit of an off night for Sean, and uh, let's see his uh, bright spot next weekend. He's given a lot to think about. But James Lyle is back from his honeymoon. We hope he's back by next Sunday. I know for St. Martin's reasons, and uh, and uh, you know he should be he should he should make a big difference too. If you were to ask me to call if uh, if you were to ask me to call the game, I suppose most people will have. St. Morris and Rangers favourites for the two games, but this is really a, a very, very tricky game for St. Morris because Ballinkillen have belief in themselves. There is a fit of fleas, and uh, you know, Owen Larkin has instilled a lot of confidence in him. As I said, two big performances in the last couple of weeks. A lot of players playing very well. Kieran Whelan back in playing as he, you know, he played, you know, two years ago. He was injured for a long time, and uh, you know, as I said, it's a very, very tricky game. And uh, as I said, most people will have St. Mullins down as favourites to the hospital kind to me. And Bagnesham Gales then, turns. we've touched on all the other three teams. For them, they're obviously, they would be rightly regarded as the weakest of the four teams. But of course, they'll have um, ideas of making the final. Do you, see, do you give them much of a chance heading into that first well, game against Mount Leicester Rangers? Everybody, you know, as I said, they will like, really have the will of hope skipped into if if Rangers turned up as they turned up in the first half last night, and it's going to, it's going to be tricky enough, I'm kind of presuming that Ted Joyce will be okay, and presuming John Nolan will. Now both of those were tugged out there last night, 
I think Dean Tobin is out, but I think that a fear of his start it should be starting, you know, well, he should be available like the start, you know, from the throw-in. Uh, those are three vital calls in the wheel. If they are available, and I have a feeling that probably will be, uh, there's no reason why most people, you know, will expect Mount um, Nazareth maybe to beat Bangstown, maybe narrowly. But, um, like, there could be two very, very good semi-finals. We certainly hope there will be two very good semi-finals. The championship overall, Terence, what have you made of it? There seems to have been, you know, and, and I think we have to call it as it is, there seems to have been quite a lot of poor games. Is that? Do you know what reason there is for that? I know a lot of very talented players like Sir Marty Cavan and Chris Nolan have gone away to America and other places. Is that the major reason for it, do you think? Well, listen, there's only six teams in it and they've come up from, you know, from the intermediate ranks and it was great to see them back up. Uh, Navon are going through a transition also like Navon were the powerhouse of Holland for so many years and I know what I'm talking about and uh, you know as I said at the beginning of the year it was kind of more or less assumed that those two teams might be struggling but uh, oh, it'll be a fair play to them they come up the last all of their games also they were beaten last night also with the Cess and Navon played but they like among Leicester Rangers and St. Mullins like they have been contesting a lot at the finals like, you know, in the latter years. And uh, you know, Ballon Killen have been in a few also, but most people would have picked three out of four for the semi finals like at the beginning of the year. I was at most of the matches and there was a lot of very, very average matches so there was like, you know. But hopefully they're keeping their best fine, you know, for the semi finals and for the final. But it's a tricky tricky enough next weekend. Most players, most people that follow Hurling in the county will be more expecting maybe another St. Lawrence and Rangers final, but it can be tricky enough. Would a St. Mullins Mount Leinster Rangers find two great clubs historically and currently doing wonders on the field it must be said not just in Carlow alone but they've done they've had great exploits in the provincial championship and from Mount Leinster Rangers point of view obviously making an All-Ireland final memorably a couple of years back would it be good for Carlow Hurland to have another final with those two teams because they seem so dominant and that dominance you know it looks like it's not going to be curtailed anytime soon well, listen, that probably wouldn't be good for us. You know, a lot of people might like to see, you know, some new kids coming up on the block from, you know, and coming into the fray. But as I said, it's been many years since, uh, like, Bangstown have won the title for over 50 years. Like, Pell and Killen have been very, very close on a few occasions, like, them getting the breakthrough. Like, they're a decent club. And as I said, they put in the best half hours hurling this year in the championship. One half hour, you know, it doesn't kind of maybe make a championship. But, uh, it probably would be better if Rangers and St. Moran's, you know, like maybe, you know, if two New York teams did come, let say for hurling's sake. But one is one can assume that, you know, it possibly could be another Rangers St. Moran's final. And who do you see coming out on top if it is Mount Leinster Rangers and St. Moran's in the final turns? I think if Rangers have their full team, and that's an if, and I'm not hiding behind the hedge. As I said, I have players players back they have an awful lot of injuries this year like you know there's another shot now Jay Lawler was injured for a long time he has, he has come back now to me they're playing him in the wrong position cornerback or fullback I think he's a halfback or up the field further but listen they know best they're struggling but they're getting there like they're after getting five results out of five and you know who who might who might knock them for doing that a full St. Mullins a full Rangers line out uh, would be more or less difficult to beat 
Yeah, I certainly think a lot of people would agree with you there. Terence, well, listen, we'll be tuning in next weekend. Both games, as I said, 2.15pm sees the meeting of Mount Leicester Rangers versus Bagginshound Gales. And then after that at four o'clock, St Mullins will take on Ballinkillen and we'll know who will be playing in the decider come August time. Terence, all I can say is thanks very much and we look forward to listening to you next week. Thanks, 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 Robbie. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you. That was Terence Kelly there giving us an update on all things Carlos Senior Hurling. Kilkenny Senior Camogie team are through to yet another All Ireland final. They will face the Rebels Cork in two weeks' time. We caught up with Come On Kind podcaster and KCLR Camogie commentator Anya Fahi. Anya Fahi is on the line. Anya, great victory last night. How are you doing this evening? Yeah, great. Absolutely fantastic victory for Kilkenny yesterday evening in the All-Ireland semi-final. You know, I suppose going up to Crow Park, there was a, maybe a lot of mixed thoughts over it coming up against the current All-Ireland champions. But, you know, the girls went out and from 1 to 20, every girl that played their part there yesterday, they were absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, you could tell by them straight away from the get-go that they meant business when they were going up there yesterday. Yeah, I should say, of course, it was a great victory because we're so immersed now. I almost forgot to say that they defeated Galway in Crow Park in the All-Ireland semi-final to, to uh, play against Cork now in the decider next month. A brilliant victory for Brian Dowling's side, like I say. What was the performance like on you? Obviously, it was a great performance, but was it, was it the best of the season so far, yeah? Yeah, do you know what? I think Kilkenny, and we've spoken about this for a while, Kilkenny seemed to be really peaking at the right time. And I definitely think the quarterfinal against Dublin did him so much help in confidence-wise going into this Galway game. But the performance from the get-go, like the defending that was done on the defending that was done yesterday evening was just phenomenal. The hooking, the blocking, the tackling, everything was so physical. The referee let the game flow, which was great, what everybody wanted to see. It was definitely, I think, the performance of the year from the girls. But they know again themselves they need to up it again now for an all Ireland final against but it was you know, you could not fault any one of them. They were absolutely phenomenal, every single girl that went out on that pitch yesterday. What was the key to victory, do you think? Because like you said, the hook and the blocking and the general defensive work, not just yesterday, but across the year, has been phenomenal, probably up a level from where it was in 2021. Is it that kind of structure that they have in place in the back? So we know we have the forwards, the likes of Denise Gall, Katie Nolan, others as well, not just starting, but on on the bench that can make serious impact on the game. Is, is it more so about keeping the opposition kind of closed off and just letting our forwards get on with it? Do you know what it is? I think this year the girls, they're mentally stronger than they've ever been and their work rate, you have to say, this year has been absolutely phenomenal. Like, they keep going till the bitter end and they just keep on, like, they're constantly hounding at teams. They're extremely, extremely ruthless in every single game. And the one thing that I think, you know, that stems across this community is their honesty. Their honesty and their work rate when they go out onto that field. It's absolutely brilliant to see. You know, like, they went in two points down at half time against Galway. If that was another team they panicked they'd have come under an awful lot of pressure but Kilkenny didn't they came out in the second half they were extremely focused on what the task ahead was to do they took every opportunity that came their way and you know in a game that was so tight like that yesterday you had to take every opportunity that was going to come again that was going to come for you because God we were such a strong team they were going to do the same but I think it was that Laura Murphy goal it really set Kilkenny alight and you know what it was a brilliant passage of play Katie Power 
popped the ball into her soaring space on her own and you know like probably not a lot of people would think Laura Murphy would go for that goal I certainly didn't I felt like she was going to wind up and put the ball over the bar but there was a bit of cheekiness and a bit of ruthlessness about her and she buried the ball into the left hand corner you know Sarah Healy had no chance again I think from then on Kilkenny really drove on like as we said like their forwards have been fantastic all year Miriam Walsh okay do you know what she didn't get she didn't get the goals that we've been kind of looking at her to get in normal games but the hardship she created for Sarah Durban in that full forward line yesterday was absolutely phenomenal Katie Nolan did the exact same and Mary O'Connell did the exact same but to me I think the two standout performances yesterday Ethan Norris in goal was absolutely instrumental I mentioned this yesterday her game has evolved so much this year she's coming off the line faster she's been a lot more stronger coming to the ball and she you know, she, did, she saved two certain goals um, for um, Galway yesterday and then you have to say Michelle Tien was just absolutely incredible the mopping up of the ball that she did yesterday some of her catches were absolutely phenomenal and driving out and I suppose you know what for Michelle she may not be as much a household name as the likes of the Dundee Skulls the likes of the Miriam Welshes but yesterday she made sure that there was nobody going to get the better of her and she drove on and it was just a a perfect performance from a player of her age as well the game was very tight throughout and then Kilkenny had that burst where they pulled away I think they went four points ahead how key was that on you you mentioned there opportunities being taken is that the crucial crucial thing when you're coming up against Galway and Cork that really when you have the chance and that momentum is building that you take it and you move into a lead because you know full well that those teams are going to come back at you yeah, you have to. Like, every team is going to get its purple patch in, in a game. And, you know, when Kilkenny got it, they had to make sure that they were executing every decision that they made perfectly. And then when they went ahead, they made sure and they, you know, they kept their lead. Okay, God came back. They got two points or whatever the case may be. But Kilkenny kept plugging away and defensively they stood strong. Like, you know, there was one, there was one ball at one stage, you know, Galway had to go for goal. And it, it kind of brings me back to that Limerick-Cork All-Ireland semi-final a couple of years back where I think they're could have been 13 or 14 Limerick lads in behind the ball and that's exactly what it looked like yesterday the defending that was done was absolutely pivotal to the game and their hunger that they showed so that when God we were trying to get back up the momentum Kilkenny were literally stopping it straight away they were going back down the field they were getting a goal they were getting a free they were creating some unbelievable chances as well and I think that's what's so important about that Kilkenny display yesterday and for a lot of people it's getting it's getting Galway the monkey off the back nearly and that the girls now can look forward to going into an All-Ireland final they know they have a massive task ahead of them in Cork you know it's kind of like the, the old rivalry is coming back into it again but I think just I think just for the team themselves knowing that they can beat Galway I think that's going to be a massive massive boost of confidence coming into the next two weeks and Anya like you said and that was a point I was going to pick up on Cork defeated Waterford Waterford a valiant effort but ultimately Cork as many would have expected including yourself proved too strong for their fellow Munster rivals for Kilkenny to be playing against Galway in a, such a high intensity game that would probably match the same levels of intensity and kind of just general um, sort of feeling around the game because it felt like such a clash of the titans yesterday such a big encounter whereas you know with the greatest respects to Cork and Watford it didn't how important could that be getting past Galway standing to them that they have a game like that behind, their, behind them that they can really use it in their favour particularly in the early stages they can start really fast because they have that game whereas Cork maybe will start a bit slower and hopefully we can pick it up from there 
Yeah, you know what? You're dead right in that. I suppose anybody that watched the Waterford Cork game, okay, you know, it didn't serve up to be, you know, one of the greatest commodity games that we've seen. And I suppose, you know, your, your heart would have to go out to Waterford. They were just so unlucky. I think experience kind of pulls through for, for Cork on the day. And of course, the reintroduction of Ashling Thompson, the very moment she came into the field there, she really just dictated the whole flow of the game. I think for Kilkenny, the fact that they've had, you know, a really good quarter final win over Dublin and an absolutely superb win over Galway in a semi-final I think that's going to stand to them a lot better you could kind of say that they're after having the harder route and that's absolutely no disrespect to Waterford and Cork but they've kind of had the harder route to get to an All-Ireland final and I think that'll stand to them that you know that the game I felt yesterday evening it was so physical like the hits that were being taken the tackles that were put in I really think that's going to stand to Kilkenny a lot more than the Washford game will stand to um, Cork I felt like Washford and Cork was a little bit more kind of mind games and tactical whereas Kilkenny and Galway literally went out they played 15 or 15 at, at stages but they were physical and involved hurling 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 and that's what shone out yesterday for me I think you know they're going to be a lot better prepared but listen Cork or Cork they all was coming with their A game to an All Ireland final. They're no strangers to Crow Park on All Ireland final day. They were in an All Ireland final last year. Something that we have to remember as well. And you know, Davy Faith fans, all the the Cork management team are certainly going to have a plan in place for Kilkenny. They were watching that game yesterday. And to be honest with you, if I was if I was a part of that Cork management team, I would be a bit concerned after the performance I've seen Kilkenny put in there. But we all know Kilkenny. I, they're, I, they're really really hungry this year I've never seen them so hungry for an All-Ireland in a long long time and you know obviously they've wanted to win the many years ago as well but I think this year they're really after fine tuning it and they're after finding you know positions correct for players and they're getting their they're getting their game plans right all the time and they're sticking to a process and by God is it working great to see that it is working and certainly worked to this point but of course there is one final step that game as you've mentioned is against Cork in the final Ashlyn Thompson a big key figure in that Cork side making an impact in the game against Waterford yesterday returning for the Rebels um obviously historically unfortunately whether we like it or not we haven't had a great record against Cork in all Ireland finals does that come into it at all on you I feel like this Kilkenny team and this is just giving my own opinion it's kind of, there's, a, there's a freshness and maybe they don't carry the, the burden of history on them and I, I feel as though they'll just take this game on its merits and if they perform to a level similar to yesterday or even better um, they could be coming home with the O'Duffy Cup yeah, do you know what? I think if you were to, uh, you know, play back a couple of years ago, yeah, they might let it get to them. But I think, you know, there's such um, there's such a balance there between experienced players and new players coming in that they're not worried about it at all. I think the big thing for them was to get Galway off their back. And once they got that monkey off the back in, like everything else was, you know, they were going to just work really hard towards everything else. You know, Galway and Kilkenny, you know, setting back up their rivalry. We've all seen the All-Ireland finals that they've played against. You know, when they won back in 2016, you know, they beat Cork and that. And, you know, it was... It was a really special day and then they went on they won it again in 2020 but I think it's a completely different kettle of fish. You have to remember there's an awful lot of girls that have had got, come and gone between those days. Like You think about it, Anne Dalton was there, she's now gone. Um, you've got Colette Dormer is gone, Davina Tobin is gone, Megan Farrell is gone, Shelley Farrell is gone, Anna Farrell is gone. You know, there's so many players that have gone past and now there's these new fresh blood of players after coming in and I think that's really what's driving on this Kilkenny team. Of course we have our stalwarts in our Denise Gauls and Miriam Wall 
Walsh's or Grace Walsh's but I definitely think the new girls the new kids on the block are coming in they're putting a stamp on it and it's like they don't really have time to think about the rivalry and past mistakes that may have been made and I think they're just really going to focus on the next two weeks I think they're going to be excited I think they're going to enjoy it like even when the final whistle went yesterday the elation on their faces the jumping around that they were doing they ha- it, it was like they were never so excited to win a match in all their life like they literally thrown everything at Galway yesterday and I think that's certainly going to stand to them in two weeks time and now before I let you go on yeah, and you've been great with your time across the weekend and we really do appreciate it here on Scoreline but the final Kilkenny versus Cork how do you see it going I think we're all very confident I think with the hurlers we were quite confident obviously it turned out to be a defeat but we're, we're very confident heading into this one um, worried at all that maybe we're a bit too confident because our performances do suggest that we're at an entirely new level this year but Cork will come with an incredible level of intensity and I think while I, while I do think and I'm sure you think we'll be there to match that um, would you be any, in any way worried that Cork will just be able to turn us over? You know what, I think, you know, regardless of the performance that was up at the weekend by either Cork or Kilkenny, both teams are going to go back, they're going to regroup. I'm sure they're after doing a lot of rehab today, and I'm sure they'll be back on the training field on Tuesday as well. It's going to be a completely different game plan, a completely different game. Yes, okay, as a Kilkenny supporter, you will be quietly confident going into that, but... I can almost be certain and guarantee you that Brian and the lads will not let the guards become complacent on that. You know, the fact maybe it wasn't such a thrilling game, the Washford and Cork game, you could, you know, maybe expect players to get it into their head that they have this All-Ireland in the bag. It's not, it's firmly not going to be the case. I would be confident of it, but the guards are going to, they're going to be knuckling down for the next two weeks. They're going to have to put any of the past matches that well behind them. They're going to have to forget about the performance against the performances that Washford and Cork played and they're going to have to really match the performance that they came up against Galway and if they can do that I can guarantee you the O'Duffy Cup will be coming back to Kilkenny in two weeks time Well that's great to hear Anya and we hopefully will see Kilkenny climb the steps of the Hogan stand to, to lift the O'Duffy Cup and you will of course be there with Martin Quilty to call the game for us here on KCLR and until then thanks very ever, ever so much Anya for taking our call today and um, looking forward to the game now no bother thanks very much brilliant that was Anya Fahey our resident KCLR analyst on all things Camogie here tipping Kilkenny to win the All-Ireland brilliant stuff as always from Anya we heard them in Crow Park last night Martin Quilty and Anya Fahey brilliant brilliant commentary for a brilliant game Kilkenny advancing to the decider where they will take on Cork we'll have that game live on KCLR As always, we heard from Joe Sheehan, who broke down everything that's happening in the world of greyhound racing. Well, these are very, very exciting times indeed in the greyhound racing world. And last night in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium, we got off to a cracking start of the €13,000 Boyle Sports A3 Bitch Competition, €5,000 to the winning connections of this competition and that has attracted some of the best bitches in the country to our local Kilkenny track so round one heat one of this year's Boyle Sports A3 Bitch 5 to 5 was won by Bally Mac Dance in a time of 29.11 and a price of 5 to 2 for the owners the I Can't Believe It syndicate and trainer Declan Byrne who indeed had a two timer on the card last night so well done to connections there in the first round second heat 
Nocturne and Diva took the honours here at a clock of 28.78 for owner trainer Keelan Odenhu at a price of 2 to 1. In the third heat, Ruffian Angel came in for owner trainer Cheryl Sutcliffe at a time of 28.86. A very, very nice performance indeed. And Ruffian Angel will take a lot of beating in next week's second round. In the fourth heat, Liberty Miss came in. In a time of 29.05, owned and trained locally by Mr. Dennis Lennon, a very, very shrewd individual indeed. Time 29.05, as you said, 5 to 2, the price, showing good early pace and driving on to win. In the fifth heat, Black Summer took the honours in this one. Look at the clock, 28.66, a really phenomenal run. And Black Summer will go straight into a favourite for this competition after that run for owner Sean Leahy and Thomas Norton so well done to them they have a very very exciting prospect on their hands 28.66 it's not a clock we see too often around the Kilkenny track and Black Summer will take an awful lot of beating in this competition last but not least in the 6th heat Fleeting Angel came in in a time of 29.09 for trainer Declan Byrne completing a double and the Dream Catchers Syndicate so well done to all of them we had some cracking races last night in Kilkenny Ground Stadium indeed as we said 10 race card and some really really nice performances Blastoff Harry took the last race for Paul Hennessy in a time of 28.70 staying on well to win that one so well done to all connections last night in the Boyle Sports A3525 competition next Friday night we'll see the second round take place of that one 13,000 euro prize money for this one it's one of the highlights of the year and get on out to Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium next Friday night to see the second round of the Boyle Sports A3 Bitch Stake 525 elsewhere in HQ tonight in Shelburne Park Boyle Sports also sponsor the Champion Stakes which is at the semi-final stages at the moment a whopping €32,000 in prize money for this one and we have some very very strong local interest in this year's Boyle Sports Champion Stakes is one of the highlights of the Irish Greyhound calendar year and Murtlahi the Kilkenny man has a very very strong hand indeed with the likes of Rahamofo running in trap one in the first semi-final of course owned by the Malloy family of County Galway she won the Oaks not so long ago and she's a phenomenal phenomenal bitch 16 starts 7 wins fantastic strike rate and she will take a lot of beating tonight in the second semi-final JT Wexford runs from trap 3 for Paul Hennessy of course he had two English Greyhound Derby finalists this year in his kennel is absolutely flying at the moment and JT Wexford looks a very very nice prospect indeed so best of luck to them in the same race All About Ted runs for Peter Cronin of Mooncoin of course All About Ted a very experienced campaigner and should be in the mix tonight in the semi-finals of the Wild Sports Champion Stakes in the third semi-final. Three locally connected runners here. Kilgraney Sydney from Trap Tree for the Buggy family of Bagnallstown County Carlow. He's been a phenomenal servant for them. Troopy's nice one goes from the orange jacket of Trap 5 for Mert Lahey and John Coleman. And Beach Avenue runs for Paul Hennessy as well from the stripes of Trap 6. He's been an amazing servant, winning almost €30,000 to date in his career. So best of luck to all locally connected runners in Shelburne Park tonight for the 32,000 euro champion stakes now after that we have Dundalk where the Bar 1 Racing Irish Sprint Cup takes place 20,000 euro for the winning connections of this one there's so much happening in the Irish Greyhound racing world it really is hard to keep up but we are looking forward 
to some strong local performances tonight hopefully in Dundalk with the likes of Cape Cloud running in the second heat of the second round of the 20,000 euro to the winner bar one Irish Racing Sprint Cup of course trained by Moonkine as we said the aforementioned man he also had an English Greyhound Derby finalist this year his kennel is on fire at the moment and Cape Cloud is a very nice prospect indeed and should be there or thereabouts in the second round second heat in Dundalk tonight and after that in the sixth heat a greyhound who's been mentioned many many times on this show Zoom for the Club of Champions Syndicate a very very strong syndicate I think there's about 100 in a minute Zoom of course he won in Kilkenny a big sweepstakes a number of months ago and brought a massive crowd he's a big following this dog of course trained by Mert Lahey as well he finished second last week and Zoom runs from trap one in Round two, heat six of the Bar One Racing Irish Sprint Cup. So best of luck to all locally connected runners tonight in Dundalk for the Bar One Racing Irish Sprint Cup in Shelburne Park for the Champion Stakes. And also next Friday night, as we look ahead to the second round of the Boyle Sports A3 Beach Stake in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium, get on out to Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium next Friday night. Of course, this competition is going to produce some fascinating action. And finally, we spoke to Con Scully from Carlow Road Cycling Club to talk about all of his recent achievements. Con Scully, Con Scully of Carlow Road Cycling Club was picked for the National Cycling Squad again after he just finished the European Road Race Championship. This time he was part of the Irish squad that competed in the Junior Tour of Ireland a five day tour Con proved to be the best climber in this very challenging race and is now the national TT champion and king of the mountains champion in the toughest junior race in Ireland Con travels to Belgium on Sunday next for a lot more tough race and we wish him well in his endeavours we certainly do and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Con on the line Con how are you? Good now and yourself? All good now Con all good Um, w- wonderful stuff there Con how much are you looking forward to it? Uh, yeah, no, really looking forward to getting out to Belgium now. We have some good races coming up in France and Italy and so on. So should should be a good rest of the season anyway, hopefully. Yeah, and obviously incredible success last weekend too, Con. Um, huge congratulations from us all here on Scoreline. Uh, how much did it mean to you to win it? Uh, yeah, definitely meant a lot. We had a, we had a rough kind of first day there. Uh, we had two of our lads go down in a crash and both and broke the wrist, so... We were down to three riders, so we were kind of on the back for from the start. So uh, kind of we went, we went and just kind of had to refocus on it and kind of focused in on that uh, King in the Mountains jersey. And uh, luckily, we managed to secure it with two days to go. So it was definitely, it was definitely good to win it. We'll pick up on the fact that you're in the National Cycling Squad again, um, Con, an incredible achievement. You just finished, obviously, the European Road Race Championships, like I said. To be in that National Cycling Squad, what does it mean to you? Because it really does show that you have that, that elite status. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely, a, uh, it's definitely a big source of pride for me, to be honest, which I kind of grew up watching the Junior Tour and stuff like that. And being on the Irish team for it was always the big thing. Um, and being able to ride for the Irish team and you know you're wearing the Irish kit and stuff like that it's just yeah it definitely feels it's definitely a big moment of happiness the second you get that selection but I uh, know I love being part of that setup, and so definitely a, definitely a big moment of pride for me to be able to race for Ireland again 
Yeah, and we are certainly proud of you here at Scoreline. Great to see a local lad doing so well. An avid cycling fan on our Scoreline team is Sinead Kyo. Sinead is in studio. And Sinead, I know you have a load of questions for Con, as do I, but I'll let you take the lead for the moment. Yeah, Con, uh, good, to, good to chat to you again. I know that I, I was speaking to you there just when you were doing your leave insert uh, a couple of months back. Um, and, you know, you were, you were finding it difficult just to kind of balance everything between study and training um, and all of that kind of stuff but have you found now this summer uh, very beneficial just to be able to kind of dedicate full time to, to the training Yeah no to be honest with you I haven't really got to kind of like calm down after finishing the leaving cert we finished the leaving cert and the week after leaving cert I had national championships and then straight over for Europeans and now with the junior two we're done I've kind of had this week here now just to kind of relax and kind of refocus and just kind of had the realisation now that I don't have to go to school in the morning. I can just go abroad now and do a proper race season for the rest of the year. So definitely a big help not having to go to having the summer to do that. Definitely getting the big races now. Yeah, just remind us as well, Con, if you don't mind. Like you know, you burn so much calories when you're cycling. Um, but what's like, what's your diet like then, uh, during like say during the week now? Can you just kind of break that down first and what kind of calories you'll be taking in, um, like during a day? Um, so I suppose, I suppose it depends on the training day but if you're talking about a regular training day uh, probably looking at consuming about maybe 3,700 2,800 calories that's to kind of to keep yourself like maintaining weight um, that's what I'd be looking at in and around obviously that's consumed throughout the day like we'd be, you'd be consuming a fair bit when you're when you're training at the time as well in terms of carbohydrates and that to make sure that your glycogen levels are good and stuff when you're training this tends to help with recovery but uh yeah, no, carbs are definitely king for us when we're training. Yeah, car- carbs. I do like carbs myself now, I have to say as well. Um, Con, can I just ask you, like, do you do a lot of the training now on your own, kind of individually, or do you find it easier to train with people? I know you're part of the, the Carlo Road Cycling Club. Um, how how do, you, do, do you kind of, like say during the week now, do a little bit of training with some of your teammates, or do you prefer just training individually? Uh, for the most part, my training would be on my own because it is quite uh, it is quite targeted. We train the power, so all of our pedal strokes would be measured, and uh, we do go out like for we do go out with a set plan for a session. So it is quite hard to train with other people because every minute you have to be riding that certain power. Um, but although, like I, I do, I do enjoy getting out for group rides with the local club and stuff like that. It definitely gives you definitely gives your brain a break from being on your own for three or four hours, you know what I mean? Just looking at power numbers. So yeah, no, I try and I'd say I'd say I get about one group then I try and get one group in a week if I can, but sometimes I sometimes I do go two or three two or three weeks where I'm just on my own. Yeah, and who's coaching you now at the moment then? Um I'm I, I'm I'm lucky enough to be coached by Paul Woods. Uh, in the club I'm kind of I think that's kind of an anomaly compared to most lads my age a lot of lads have to pay kind of high performance coaches but I've been very very lucky to have the support of Paul and um, like we've had plenty of people like looking in at my training with sport and stuff like that and it's been on the ball so I'm very lucky to have Paul as a coach and to have that support in my local club is is something that nobody else really has in the country so that's great to have Paul on board Yeah and I know you were mentioning there a few minutes ago as well Con about it being quite a, quite a solitary uh, sport do you know you spend a lot of time on your own uh, in your own head um, but do you find like that 
Like, do, do you have to be very kind of mentally disciplined for cycling? Yeah, no, definitely. It's the second you kind of switch off, that's that's it kind of over. You have to stay on it week to week, obviously, with your training and that, you know, the form, the fitness, whatever you want to call it, it's fairly fickle and it can disappear quite quickly. So we really have to be on it and just stay focused and just constantly thinking about what we're doing and making sure that it is all what we are doing makes us go faster and not slower. Yeah, just remind us again, uh, Ken, or sorry, not Ken, Con, when is your next uh, your next race coming up? Um, so I was supposed to fly out there yesterday, the beds match but the flight got cancelled, so I'm flying out on Tuesday. Um, so I have a USA 1.1, which is kind of the highest standard of junior race, and I have that on Wednesday in Belgium. And uh, then on the weekend, then we're down in France, uh, near Strasbourg, near the German border, and I have a stage race on down there too, or the Alsace. So you have uh, Wednesday and Thursday uh, races both days. I know like when I've spoke to you before, Con, you've mentioned Belgium a couple of times. That kind of seems to be where a lot of these big events take place. Is that right? Yeah, no, definitely. The, the UCI calendar, like it, it, it's kind of the big junior races would be called UCI ranks. So that's our governing body for the, for world cycling. And uh, if you were to look at it, definitely a lot of them would be based in Belgium, you know. It's nearly their national sport over there now, so the numbers are big over there, and just naturally, that's where the most races are run. You know, they have the history and the culture of doing it. So, yeah, can you just rem- yeah. just uh, I know, like I, I I've spoke to you a couple of times before, uh, Con, but just for anyone that's um, that's hearing you now for the first time, being introduced to you for the first time, can you just remind us, uh, like, how did you, where did you develop this love for cycling? Uh, so for me again it was I suppose I was kind of around it as a young lad with my granddad being involved in the club and so on and then just watching it when I was younger but uh, kind of when I was under 11 I got a bike got got a, got a bike cheap enough and I had a race bike and my father saw a race advertising and was like do you want to try it out and sure I said I'd, I'd throw myself into it I did a sportive at first it just 50 kilometres and then I saw a race advertised the next weekend and I got my cycling Ireland license and I just got into it and now, I was a fair bit off the pace that first day, but uh, kind of from there on, then from under 11 on, I've just, I definitely just fell in love with the sport more and more. Yeah, you've just been hooked on it ever since. Um, Con, do you think that this sport, cycling, does it get enough attention in this country? Does it get enough support? Um, I suppose probably not, but I think it's definitely getting better. I'm seeing now. Uh, Sport Ireland have definitely increased their support for us you know I'm on a great programme there to be fair to Cycling Ireland you know, the athlete development programme and you know, as, as as far as high performance sports go in this country you know as junior athletes in our sport we probably get nearly the best support on that programme you know we have access to to some great people up there in Sport Ireland the nutritionists psychologists and so on so definitely get a lot of support there Oh, they, always, as always, you know what I mean. You would like a bit more funding to go to more races and stuff like that, but it's definitely improving anyway. I, I feel. Well, Con, it's great to hear all the success you're having, and we truly have enjoyed that. I mean, Sinead took it so much better than I could because she is, as I said, a huge, huge cycling fan, and you could tell two passionate cyclists there speaking. So, thanks ever so much for taking our call, and I'm sure we'll be chatting to you again very, very soon indeed. Yeah, thanks very much. Brilliant stuff. That is Con Scully, of course, local cyclist here doing fantastic things. That's all for another edition of Scoreline Extra. Don't forget you can catch the live show every Saturday and Sunday from 2pm. We'll chat to you again soon.